What it do? What it do, y'all? Uh, you know, it's your boy Big J, um, host of the JJ Sports Talk Show. Um, once again, I, I got my boy Kyle Edwards in the building. <laughs> what up, man? How's it going? Hey, man. It's good. It's good, man. It's, NBA's back in business. My Yankees are yep. down 0 2, but we're, uh, we're home three games, I think. Um, so it's 2 3 2, the series uh, formation. Um, but Lakers are 0 2. I feel like every team I follow, they're, they're losing. Like they're losing records. So Alabama lost last week to Tennessee by a field goal. Yeah. Uh, so it's a sad week for sad week for me for sports. But uh, when it comes to life, I'm doing good, man. Just uh, blessed to see another day, you know. Um, yeah. My school year is winding down. I mean, I start I um, I ended in in December mm-hmm. time uh, since I'm a senior, so I'm looking forward to graduation. And so you know. Man, Kyle, like I like I know you don't know me like 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 that, but like I've come a long way, man. Like the guy I did like community college, then you know, I got into a Montclair State, you know, didn't have the highest, you know, grades. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, man, I got my podcast going, man. Like I it's great, man. And like, you know, I started, you know, like I'm gonna be real, man. Like I started with like zero, zero followers, zero downloads, and I met some friends uh, along the way, you know. Are were still my friends in school, you know, and like you know, and now like it's all about the love support, man. It's like I've gone from zero downloads to like over like a thousand something total downloads. It's crazy, okay. man. It's awesome. Yeah, so, that's what's up. It's great. Yeah, now, you I mean, know. Uh, no, no, I mean that that's good because you know with podcasting and all that, that's kind of how it goes. You struggle for a while, and then it kind of clicks, and then from there. You know, it just takes off because even for yeah. me, like mine, I mean, I don't do any like live streams or anything on mine. It's usually just it's 20, 25 minute videos yeah. that I do and then upload. And like my channel is still kind of in the you know infant stage. It's only been like a couple of years, so it's slowly kind of getting there. But um, I, it is what it is. You know, I just like yeah. doing sports talk, so I know eventually that audience will come, but you know, if you like what you're doing, then the grind isn't that bad. I mean, to be honest, like to, to, to be real with you, man, like, I mean, without the pen, I mean, even though we, we've been through a tough time during the pandemic, um, you know, like, but I would say without the pandemic, I don't think I, I don't think I, I had this podcast, man. Cause like when the podcast, when the pandemic hit, like, you know, mm-hmm. I just was like, Hey, you know, I love sports. Um, I mean, why not me go on Amazon real quick, give me a little, I mean, I have a laptop. I mean, I have a micro, let me buy a microphone and a pop filter and let's get to work. And like, yeah. but if, if the, if the pandemic really didn't, you know, happen or, you know, it wasn't really a thing, this pocket probably, probably wouldn't even exist. So like, you know, I'm happy that I met all the good friends I've, I've had down the road. I mean, including you, man. And um, hopefully we can, uh, you know, I know this is like you know off schedule, but like you know, I'm keeping it real, man. Like you know, like I, I, I'm a senior now. I've been through a lot. You know, I'm I'm almost down graduating, get almost have my bachelor's. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we almost there, man. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah, man. That's that's like you know good to hear. You know, 
congratulations almost finishing up um but i mean i get you know not everybody has you know the whole four point gpa you know ivy league school journey you know there is oh, no. plenty of us because i mean i went to a community college first and then went on to um uh like state college and then eventually went to a technical institute but yeah you know as long as you get to the end goal how however you get there you know your path there hey it yeah. is you know it, it's all means to an end yeah and like i mean who would have thought i would have had like you know um be making like merchandise and shirts for my show like started from yeah. nothing to like potentially getting the shirts and merchandise for the show and like you know and uh yeah man and then, i mean i'm not i'm not done like the crazy thing i'm not done yet man because obviously i gotta do internships and like you know mm-hmm. get my foot in the door because obviously you know like the Steve Nason miss the Max Cullimans, like all those people they didn't get on-air talent jobs off the bat you know i think Stephen a he did uh like he worked like 30 years or 20 years writing uh writing for the Philadelphia 76ers back in, Phil- in Philadelphia yep. you know so you know you have to grind man so the grind's not over yet um unfortunately after you graduate or, or after i graduate it's not the end of the road i got internships mm-hmm. to look forward to jobs so yeah man i hope hopefully this podcast can uh can help me you know man like put that on my resume and um yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah man i mean so uh let's dive right into the sports man so i guess we can wow. look to talk about um save the nba talk i guess for last and we can just do the nfl week six recaps and then the week seven previews i know we did that on uh tuesday night show the big three podcast but i guess you know maybe our picks have changed from from tuesday to now um mm-hmm. so yeah let's uh let's recap um week six games so any thoughts any um i mean week, week six, six week six was interesting um you know we we well, now, even before week seven, we've seen some guys get traded. We have rumors of other guys getting traded. We've seen um, Brady and Rodgers continue to struggle. You know, we've seen uh, – we had the Bills-Chiefs game, which, you know, everybody was tuned into. But now we're getting kind of to the midpoint of the season with the trade deadline coming up, so – with the with like most of the league being three and three, mm-hmm. a lot of teams got to make a decision whether they buy into this season or they take a step back and go for their future. So it's gonna be interesting the next couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, I, I guess we'll dive into like uh, one of the trades that happened like yesterday: the Chris McCaffrey trade to the Niners, and that's yeah. one team that's a perfect example of a team being blown up. Um, Obviously, um, I'm not sure who the interim coach is for the Panthers right now. Um, this but is, uh, this is Steve Wilkes. It might be I, Steve Wilkes. I think he's on that staff, and I think that's who they went with. Is he interim? Is he like the just for no, now? He's the interim he... guy. Yeah, he's the interim guy. They'll, oh, okay. you know, they'll do their thing end of the season, and then probably try to get some other college coach if they don't give the job to him and you know when is it like you mentioned the trade deadline when is the trade deadline is that, is that coming up it's yes it's coming up i think it's around halloween or weekend after halloween so 
is the trade deadline is it only like one like one specific day or is it like over mm-hmm. like a week or two or yeah it's um hold on let me look it up I can make sure I'm saying I'm assuming right. like you know there's a there's there's a couple of days where like teams can like you know negotiate and like you know mm-hmm. yeah uh November first is a trade deadline so November first you have until four p.m. I think that's a Tuesday to get your trades in. Got you, got you. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess on that team, DJ Morrison on that team, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be shipped off soon. I heard um yeah. he could be uh trade or sent to Baltimore because he has a Maryland connection, possibly even though after we signed Deshaun Jackson. Um, but hey, I mean he's a younger, you know, I think he's still in his twenties, like late twenties. Um, still young, has that Maryland connection, um, that Baltimore connection. So we with mm-hmm. Bateman still out. Uh, kind of from that foot injury, and uh, you know, um, and Jackson, I mean, he really like he's really been in the league like like for a couple of years. So, um, but he he's thirty five. So maybe adding DJ Moore to that team or to the Ravens team um, can mm-hmm. like kind of you know boost that boost that wide receiver room. So um, obviously we'll dive into that later on in the NFL segment, but um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of crazy games. I know the uh, Cardinals-Saints games. Uh, um, Cardinals mopped the Saints. Uh, Dalton, uh, Andy Dalton uh, had a terrible game. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think the big factor in that game was D-Hop was back and uh, kind of gave them that boost. I know Kyler Murray was, you know, arguing with uh, Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline, like, oh, like, calm down or whatever, or calm the F down or something like that. But yeah. Obviously, that brings fire to the team. Um, I think they won like 42 to 42 to 20 or something like that, or 40, 42 to 12 or something like no, that. Actually, it ended up being closer oh, close. in the end. I think it oh, was really? like 42 35 by the end of the oh, game. Oh, wow, man, yeah, so they came back, Saints. Um, mm-hmm. at the time, it was like 42 12 or something like, or 42 20 when I checked when I when I was in the group chat, but um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah okay. early so on, they, it looked like it was gonna be a blowout, but. The Saints made it interesting by the end. Oh, 42-34. Yeah. So it was a one-score game. So, like, any games? Um, I guess we can talk about, um, I guess, the Thursday night game, um, uh, Commanders and Bears. Again, it was a crap. It was a crappy game um, on both sides, 12-7. Commanders won. Um, like I said on the Big 3 podcast, I feel like um, I feel like the Bears system – um, they're not really using Justin Fields to his full capability. Um, when I the players that I looked at, like, when I say that, I mean that like when you look at Baltimore and like like the Chiefs and um, teams who have mobile quarterbacks like Justin Fields and his capabilities. I mean, even though Greg Roman is not the greatest offensive coordinator out there, he he creates plays. For Lamar, even though some of them are kind of like costly, um, some of those third and short, fourth and short plays, but Greg Bowman at least has the brains to incorporate Jackson's talent with the plays that he he sets up for him. But when I see with the Bears, I'm not sure who their offensive coordinator is, but they're not really using him. Like, there are some plays where I saw in the Thursday night game where Justin Fields obviously. The O line had a big part to, for protecting him, but like I saw a lot mm-hmm. of plays where he was scrambling outside the pocket, getting chased around, 
Um, there, there were some gaps where he could have ran the ball. Um, and I mean, obviously, Justin, Justin Fields has the arm. Um, and like he, they could have won that game if um, who was that? Who was that wide receiver that didn't catch the ball? Or that was Mooney. Mooney, Mo- which was yeah. t- entirely on his on, on his fault. Um, mm-hmm. That was a good throw. Um, actually, there was two throw two two throws there in the in the zone that I think one was. I thought I should have been called a pass interference call, but they didn't call it. Um, and then the one where Mooney caught it and the ball didn't cost the goal line. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think like the Bears' offensive coordinator like is using Justin Fields to to his capabilities. Um, as far as far as like when I see the Bills using you know Josh Allen or the Ravens using Lamar Jackson or Chiefs using Mahomes or even the Eagles using Hurts, their their system fits their system and I don't or the way they play um do you have any like you know disagreements on that or like what do you do you agree with that no, like not at all um not at all because the Bears what what's going on in Chicago is they drafted a guy high because great called quarterback at Ohio at Ohio State then what they've done since then is pretty much nothing they brought Matt Nagy, didn't know what to do with him. They brought Eberflus, doesn't know what to do with him. But then, just because you bring in coaches doesn't mean that's the end of your job. They haven't brought in tight ends that you know of, wide receivers. They have Montgomery at running back, who's a good quality piece. Uh, they have, what's it, his backup it's like Herbert or something. Good running back. But offensive line, not great. And then wide receiver, tight end, not great. You're seeing what you're seeing. That Thursday night game, I saw periods of time where the camera like locked in on Justin Fields' face. He looks frustrated. Yo, and yeah. I understand why he would be, but for a young quarterback, you don't want your young quarterback to be visibly frustrated so early into his career because one, when his when his contract's up, why would he want to stay there? Mm-hmm. Two, he may want out before the end of the contract if the front office and coaches are clearly going to keep misusing him. So I don't know if at the end of the season, maybe there's like a clean house type of situation in the front office you know get get somebody new over the team who you know picks draft picks or signs free agents just figure it out because fields is too talented to be playing like this a game against the commanders and all they can get is seven points i mean it's crazy I mean, yeah. I mean, like you, you nail, you put the nail on the coffin, like right there, like, like with your, t- with that take, like you know, like Justin Fields, he did have eighty-eight rushing yards, and that's that, that, that's what I mean. Like, I let, like, like in my last take before what you said, like, like, um, I feel like Greg Roman, like he lets Lamar like run free, you know, like some plays he has, there's teams. That you know, make Lamar force Lamar to throw the ball, but mm-hmm. he 
the only thing I like about Greg Roman is he he allowed like Lamar to like be himself and he be a running back sometimes. Find those gaps. Um I mean if I mean I'd rather Lamar run through a gap if it's wide open than force a interception, you know. Um and Lamar or Justin Justin Fields, like he there was times I think he threw a um a touchdown uh towards the end of the first half, got picked off, thrown that Robinson. Um, I think in the mm-hmm. third quarter, then um, I mean, hey, it is, I, I think he had a shoulder. I think he was like uh, there's a report that he had a um, a shoulder a shoulder issue, but he threw for like four. He, he had like he went 14 for 27 from the field, uh, or or for throwing it completion. Um, so obviously he can throw the ball and run the ball. So whoever the offensive coach is, they're not really giving him that freedom of being who he is. Like I feel like he's a young, you know. He, I feel like he's a young Hurts, you know. He has that p- potential to break out, you know. Obviously, the teammates he has are not as equivalent as what he has in, in Philadelphia with uh, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown. But, I mean, put him on trade. Let's do, like, a trade, like, uh, Jimmy G for Fields. He would, be, he would have a better a better offensive, cap- a better offensive stats if he had, you know, Debo Samuel um, or a Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he has. I mean, I don't know anybody other than um, who is that? Uh, who is that raw receiver on their team? Um, on which uh, team? The was it was it was it Dante Pettis? Yeah, the Dante Pettis. I don't I don't don't I don't know him. Um, so, like you know, my, my point is like they've no they they have no name receiver. Uh, um, yeah. So I mean, I feel like if you put. Justin Fields in a better system, a better with a better receiving room, um, mm-hmm. and a better O line, obviously, um, which he can't help because like the team signs or they deal with um, like signing and trading players. Justin Fields, he's just playing. So, um, but I believe like yeah, if, if he's in a, another system and another offensive coach, like, I feel like. A, or off the coordinator who can like you know use his talent to his, his capabilities, then mm-hmm. Fields will have a have a better have a better you know like resume than what he is now. Like because like I think uh, in the press conference after the game he was like, man, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of I'm tired of losing. Um, and they were and they lose close games. Like they lost to the they they lost to the Giants by like what eight? It was like twelve to twenty, I think the final score was. So they're in these games, but. And they were in the Thursday night game, but I mean, obviously, the last throw wasn't really his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good throw. Mooney caught it, but unfortunately, he couldn't catch it in the in the end zone. Um, sure. which, wait, wait, like alive? I thought he did. Um, but when they did the replay, I, he was short, like a yard. But yeah, I mean, you you're, like you're right. Fields is showing frustration, and for an organization who drafted Fields, I mean. Usually, the teams like the Bears, Lions, when they draft the quarterback, they're looking to draft him for the future. And if he's pissed off and mad and you know uncomfortable in the system, like that's not a good look for the future. Like, so I mean, I want to see him and I want to see him happy. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, he went to Ohio State, so you know he's you know he 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 went off in college, but. I just don't feel like you know right now in the NFL he's they're not using him to his capabilities like he he can throw the ball he can run the ball, but 
Bears got a lot of issues to to fix. Um, so. Yep. And they're going to continue to until probably. I think it's more of a front office issue because oh, yeah. there's there's some rumblings within Chicago that the Bears want to draft a quarterback next year in the draft, which I guess if they did that, that means they would trade fields away. And I mean, that doesn't really fix their issues because if you bring in Bryce Young or insert any other college quarterback that's going to be available, still not going to really fix all their problems. Because if Bryce Young's there besides Justin Fields, what can Bryce Young do that Fields can't do with the same group of skill position? Yeah. Uh, It's just the decisions of an organization that's been constantly losing for, I mean, it's been a while since the Bears were like legitimately well run and a good team. So they they need a philosophy change at the top for sure. I mean, they're like the Browns. Like like every year they have a quarterback change. I mean, I, I mean other than now, then Justin Fields he's probably like going to stay there for for now. But, but look, they had Mr. Biscay. They had um, like who else did they had? They had uh, Bryant. Did didn't they have Bryant Hoyer one year? Yep. They had um. Oh, who was that? Oh, man. Uh, they've had um, Kyle Orton. They've had um. I mean, going back for like Rex Grossman. Oh, Jay Cutler. That was the name. Yeah. Jay Cutler. I mean, I'm they had a whole like quarterback carousel QBs, and they can't get it done. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not, it's not on the player. I think it's the coach and the coaching philosophy. Like you said, like they had Matt Nagy, then they had the current coach. Um, so, I mean, we all seen these teams like the Jaguars. Like they they've always been bad, but now they they, they have Doug Peterson um mm-hmm. as their coach. So I mean, obviously their their philosophy is sort of changing. They got Trevor Lawrence, possibly the QB of their future. Um, um, so I mean, yeah, it's 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 I, I kind of in a way I feel bad for Justin Fields in a way because like you know he's not really and like you said like say if they draft um, um, Stout from Ohio State another Ohio quarterback or Bryce Young. I mean, what mm-hmm. are they gonna do better? I mean, obviously maybe Bryce Young has the more better talent maybe. Because obviously, but he's playing against collegiate, you know, athletes right now. Like, it's hard to see say what he, he what he would do against NFL stars. But I mean, what can he do um, better than Justin Fields right now with the with the same receiving courts that that Fields has right now? So, yeah, like you said, it might I, be a think- uh, top top to bottom thing where the front office is, and, and maybe they need to you know do what the do what the Panthers are doing, like kind of rebuild. Yeah. Not around, around fields like obviously you know the Bears are not really a marketable marketable you know um, obviously they got the Bulls I mean obviously for you know basketball from Michael Jordan and era and um mm-hmm. they have you know the Chicago Blackhawks and and they're kind of bad um I would say um but I mean Chicago other than football like I mean other than when they play the Packers like that traditional game like. Chicago's not really marketable. Most teams don't want to play for Chicago because you know of just the front office and like the players that they that they get. I mean, I know they had a couple good re- receivers like um, like you know they had um, who the receiver that played for the Rams uh, now? Oh, um, uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. They had him. 
But mm-hmm. I don't think they, I don't think they use him to his best ability. That's why he left for the Rams. I mean, they never had a quarterback when he was there, so that made yeah. sense. I think they could probably fix a lot of these issues with. Well, I would say Eberflus has to go after this year. I don't know what his contract situation is, but clearly he's not the guy. I wonder would they go after Leftwich, Tampa Bay, or Enemy, who we know has been interviewing for jobs for the past few years and just hasn't been able to get one. I think if you get like a legit offensive mind in Chicago – you can probably fix a lot of the issues Fields is having. I think Iberflus is supposed to be offensive-minded, but I believe he got the job because he was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator, quarterback coach at some point. And I think teams need to get off of that whole, oh, you coach Rodgers, that means you can coach for us. doesn't always work that way, but we'll have to see what they do. I mean, I'm looking at the Bears' schedule. I mean, I mean, they play your Patriots on Monday Night Football. Yeah, um, they're gonna get, they're gonna get so rocked. I mean, I mean, they are three and three, so the Patriots are kind of like they're they're five hundred. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, they had the better team. I mean, Patriots. They had the um, the Cowboys after that. They had the defense. Miami Dolphins after that. Um, they had the Lions, which is Lions. It could be a toss up win. It could. They could win that. Um, Lions can score at least. Yeah, they can score. Yeah. Uh, uh, they had the Falcons and uh, Jets, Packers again, Eagles, Bills. Uh, I see them winning maybe one or two games in that stretch, maybe three possibly uh, at, at tops. Um, so yeah. it's not really looking good for um, their team. But like the one thing I would. Like you bring up a good point about like you know he should um, the head coach should be relieved of his duties by next year, but I think I look at it in terms of like basketball terms. Like if you if you have a jump shot right mm-hmm. and it's working, like why like all right for instance like I play NBA two K right and I and I find I try to find the right jump shot right mm-hmm. and. I, and sometimes I get I get used to it, but then I, I start missing, I start missing, I start missing, then I find a new jump shot. I guess my point is like with all these other all the other coaches, I mean you can't just be switching from coaches just left and right. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to have to find a coach, stick with the coach. And don't get me wrong, it's hard to find that right coach, like a John Harbaugh. Like when when you told me that fact like a couple a couple weeks ago about John Harbaugh has been our, our coach for like since 2008. She's like the longest tenured coach for us. Like I didn't I didn't know that. Like and it's hard to find those 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 gems uh, to stick with, but I just don't like how like these teams do like a, a coaching carousel because like obviously like you know if you have a defensive minded coach, you're going to be a defensive team. If you have an offensive coach, head coach, you're going to be offensive team. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of like you know that's how I mean, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But obviously if it's, the Bears is broke, so you have to fix mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but. I mean, maybe maybe we'll see a turnaround this year, and it, or I'm pretty sure they're not going to turn it around. I, I mean, I believe I believe in Justin Justin Fields, um, but I just don't believe in the roster that he has around him. That's that's the problem. So, um, 
that's just the that's just the hard truth um about that but and plus like plus it i know he they don't make up the schedule like justin fields and the players but like you know there's more eyes on justin fields on primetime games and they get embarrassed on primetime games so i mean maybe they should have more local localized games and not play on Prime. I know Prime, Amazon Prime Video trying to you know get get their money and have these like you know these primetime wins, but I mean, like uh, I, mean, I, I understand the appeal of yeah Bears yeah, Commanders yeah. because Fields, you know the Commanders you're expecting Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, so there's like legit name pieces within the game. It's just that you know Amazon you know. Well, the NFL couldn't have pictured, you know, by week six that both teams would be kind of in disarray. And I know a lot of people aren't necessarily fans of Thursday night football, but without Thursday night football, you'd be forced to watch the commanders on Sunday night or Monday night because the NFL likes to get every team on one of these primetime games at least once a year. So that's that's why I think Thursday Night Football really came from because you can stick Commanders or Lions or something on the Thursday night game and be like, you got your primetime game, but you're not ready for us to put you on Monday night because we're not going to take that hit at all. So, right, uh, yeah. Um, so the next game um, will be the Niners and Falcons. Um, Falcons beat the uh, San Francisco from twenty to fourteen. Uh, Mariota. Our Garoppolo had two hundred ninety-six uh, yards, uh, two touchdowns. Um, he he was sat zero times. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. had uh, seven carries for twenty-five yards. Uh, Debo Samuel had two carries for rushing. Um, Ayuk had eight receiving, um, eighty-three yards, um, ten point four yards per. per Per receiving, uh, Kittle had eight receiving for 83. Um, so on the Falcon side, uh, Mariota had 129 uh yards, um, so he had less yards than um, less passing yards than Grappolo. Um, was sacked two times at two times at six attempts. Um, Cor- uh, Caleb Huntley had th- uh, 16 carries for 59 yards. Um, so I mean, all across the board. I mean, I mean, I thought. I mean, I think. I, I think on Tuesday I had with or last week I had the 49ers, I think this was my lock. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, Niners because I thought they had the better team, and uh, they got beat by like what, like eleven or twelve. Um, M- M- Mariota. Uh, you know, had a good game. Um, Kyle Pitts caught his first touchdown pass of the season. Um, yeah. In just a second of his 22 game career, hauling a seven yard throw from Mariota from the from the prompted uh, from the prompted uh, start. But yeah. So mm-hmm. let's talk, talk 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 about this game. Uh, I mean, like what do you see? So most people thought the Niners are going to win this game, but. The, the one thing with the Falcons is that I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people thought they were going to be to start the season. And they also play 
better at home than they do on the road. So I think you factor those two things in, and the Niners just looked a little off all game, and that's why the Falcons won it. Um, I mean, Pitts caught a touchdown pass. I was not a fan of the pick when they made it, only because the Falcons have so many holes on their team. I didn't think they were in a position to take a tight end, which just seems like a luxury pick to me. And the fact that he has troubles getting into the end zone just makes it worse, where it looks like he's Julio Jones all over again. Because the knock on Julio and, you know, me seeing Falcons games, Julio would catch a lot of yards, but would never get touchdowns. He'd get like three or four a season, and it just didn't add up. And now with Pitt so far early in his career, we're seeing the struggles with him getting into the end zone. And... And also to give the Falcons some credit, they've kind of shifted their offensive philosophy midseason because Mariota kind of throws the ball less and less and less each week. His yardage numbers are like 150, 160 through the air. They play, uh, they play kind of a controlled, you know, type of offense where you know short passing game, run the ball, and they try to take advantage on whatever mistakes you make defensively and then defensively they're not they're not that good of a defense but if you make a mistake they can make a play most nfl teams can do that and we saw that in this game uh remember it was like late in the game i think garoppolo threw a pick it was off of a tipped pass and that's what kind of sealed the game for the falcons you know the niners were in it most of the time but uh, it was just silly mistakes within the game that cost them. So I still think the Niners are a, are a good team. And now you factor in McCaffrey, I think the Niners could be a dangerous second-half team. And then for the Falcons, they're probably going to be like a 7-8 win team. So they'll make it interesting. Maybe you know, they stick for the, uh, to the wild-card race until like week 14 or 15 but but yeah i wouldn't read too much into this one as an if you were a niners fan i think your team's gonna be fine so yeah yeah i mean this is proof that you know the niners can't win every game it was 14 28 i mean but um all right so next game obviously is uh the game i the game i went to well, according to the ESPN schedule, uh, the next game is the Giants Ravens. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have uh, some thoughts on the Ravens offense that you might find interesting, but I'll I'll let you start. Okay, uh, so I mean, uh, so it was my first or my second like uh, MetLife game. I mean, I went to the Week One game against the Jets when we beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We went, me and my brother, my cousin, we, we, we went to the Ravens game. And, uh, you know, I was, I was hyping my team. I mean, you know, it was, I was like, it's the Giants. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they've always been crappy. It's an easy dub. Um, it, it started off good. Like, Lamar had um, a couple a couple plays. Uh, he threw a couple short yardage plays. And then um, the first thing that um, I think it was like fourth down and Tucker missed the first field goal. 
I was like I was like 58, 59 yards. Um, it's pretty shocking because like you know he can kick inside the 60, even 70. I mean, at sometimes like or or during practice. Um, and yeah. uh, like like the Giants. I mean, yes, they beat us. They're five and one, but. Theoretically, they didn't beat us because we beat ourselves up. Um, there's too many calls, um, too many flags. I mean, in the first half, first quarter alone, there was like five or five or six, or not even that, like five, like maybe four or five, um, like false starts. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was on Ben Power's thing. That's what I heard. Uh, it was just, and then um, there was, I think, in the fourth quarter. It was that illegal formation call um, that pushed mm-hmm. the Giants back or pushed us back like 15 yards, and we were in we were goal line back to score. Um, I know Mark Andrew had, had a touchdown. Uh, Morgan Moses went down. I think he's I think he's questionable um, for our line. I think he had a heel injury. Um, he went down. It was scary because like when I saw 70, I think his name is 70. I think it's. 78, I think his number is. So when I saw 78 went, went down, I was like, oh, man, that's, that's big because we signed him in all season to protect, protect Lamar. So he went down. But mm-hmm. my issue is, like, the only bone I have to pick with Lamar is that play where I think it was, like, fourth or third quarter or in our third going to the fourth. I mean, maybe it was fourth quarter when uh, Lamar, there was nobody open, and he scrambled outside to the right, and – uh Kadon Chibodeau chased him down, and he threw the pick to um, – well, he was throwing it to Patrick Ricard, which I don't know why. I mean, he's a fullback, um, but he was – I mean, he was open for like a quick second, and then I, I'm not sure who got the pick, but um, he got it picked off. But I feel like if Lamar would have threw that ball out of bounds on that play, he was outside the hash mark, so he wouldn't have been called for – would it would that call be intentional grounding? I think, or so once once you're outside the tackle box, you can throw the ball away as long as you get it to the line of scrimmage. Well, say what's that? Like what's that flag called? It's like you're inside the hash marks. Like that's intentional grounding. Intentional grounding. So since he was outside the hash marks, he wouldn't have got called for the intentional grounding. Right. If he would have stayed, if he would have just play smart instead of playing hero ball and getting the first down, he. They want to force the Giants to kick a punt, and then Daniel Jones work. Um, Daniel Jones, yeah, he had a good game in in the air, um, but Barkley, like like I said before, Barkley is a Giants offense. Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like this is my first time seeing Barkley in person live, and that dude is a tank. Like, um, that dude has like quads of steel. Like, his quads are huge, man, and like um, yeah, his his workout regimen. People know about it. The only thing has been his health. So, yeah, if he stays um, so, healthy. Yeah, he's dangerous. But the yeah, but the thing I found it, I, the thing I found really really weird was, I mean, first Dobbins only played um, like two plays, and obviously there's news that he's getting arthro arthro arthroscopic surgery on his knee, so he'll be mm-hmm. out like four to four to six weeks. Which I don't know that if that means he's injured or he's I'm not. I, mean, I know he got injured last year, but I'm not sure what that means as far as this this season. Like he's gonna be, if he was healthy, 
because I know he wanted to get back onto the field and play, which he he was for a couple of games. I guess he just wanted to stay safe and um get the um get the surgery. Um, but the thing I found weird with the box score is that you know when Dobbins went down or when was out was limited, like Ken Drake came in and he mm-hmm. had a phenomenal game. He had ten carries for 119 yards. Um, he had one touchdown. Um. 30 yards was the longest run. Um, I mean, Lamar had 77, uh, 25 yards was the longest. But then when I look on the Giants side, um, Barkley had 22 carries for 83 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the question is, how the heck can Barkley have more carries but less, but less yards and Keen Drake had less carries and more yards? I mean, that's just... I mean, we, I mean, obviously we stopped Barkley because um, he was at 83 yards. I mean, usually he gets like 100 yards per game when healthy. Um, I, I, I don't know. We had another blown lead. Uh, we gave it up. Um, Trevon Thibodeau had um, that forced fumble on Lamar to seal the game. Um, there, there, there was a questionable call on Peters with that pass interference call because they were both like you know hugging each other, um, and not behind the play. So I saw that. I mean, Peters was pissed. Um, but I guess when it comes to that, you know, it, I guess the advantage goes to the receiver because I mean, I guess Peters was kind of tugging on. Um, I think it was Barkley or who caught the touchdown pass. Um, no, I think he had one touchdown. I'm not sure who caught the touchdown pass. I think it was one of the receivers. I gotta look that up, but uh, yeah, I can't remember which one it was. It was it was a questionable um, pass interference call, but it kind of sealed the game because they're at like the two yard line. They're the like second and goal. I don't know. I, I, this game, I kind of place the blame on Lamar because I mean, not all Lamar, but just that throw that kind of like turned the game around. Um, imagine if he would have just threw the ball out of bounds, saved the play, ha- had the punter kick the kick the punt deep, forced Dan, Dan, Daniel Jones to throw the ball. Um, maybe they would have scored anyway um, on that drive, but it would have made it harder for them to score because obviously they turned the ball over. They were at the, what, like the 20-yard 20 20 line um, on their side. So huh, another another loss. I feel like I feel like every I feel like every time like I'm there, we lose. I mean, other than the Jets game, we, we won. But I went to my to the Baltimore game at my first Miami. We were mm-hmm. up. We, we blew a lead. I'm not there against when we hit the Patriots. We 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 win. I'm there against the Giants. We lose. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it is my luck. Um, maybe I'm just over over my head, but I know you got um. So so you say get us some text for the for Ravens offense. I just some observations that I've made. Okay. So the the fact that they're really good, you know, starting the game off, they start off well, score points early, and then they have these games where they blow leads. So I'm sure this is probably something that Harbaugh doesn't want to admit, but I think the fact is, you know, when the Ravens get up. They go in at the half, they come out, they want to be, they, they kind of flip the switch and become conservative, 
you know, they want to run the ball, play defense and all that. Problem is, I don't think they're actually good at that. So what is probably something they should try at some point during the season is if you're going to start fast, continue playing that way. Don't don't think you have to go into conservative mode to, you know, save the feelings of the opposition or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you looked at 2016 with the Patriots when everybody cried about them running up the score and all that kind of stuff. I kind of think Baltimore should take that mentality. If offensively, you know, Lamar's going, the running game's going, why dial it back? Keep it going. You know, let let the offense continue that rhythm throughout the whole game. And like I said, it's not written anywhere that, you know, you go up by two scores and now you're supposed to play slower and more conservative to let the other team now build some momentum because once the other team gets momentum going and then you want to flip the switch back to how you're playing in the first half, you run into problems. And I think a lot of these teams are going against Baltimore and, you know, they're, they're willing to be fine, you know, with Lamar making a play or two, like really long gains with his legs. But it seems like a lot of times in the second half, those opportunities aren't as, you know, available as they were earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of these games come down to a couple of throws from him, whether it's, you know, an overthrow or a costly interception. Because I remember the play when uh, he, like, took the snap, fumbled it. I think you talked about it, that he scrambled and kind of just threw a flailing duck in the middle of the field, got picked off. Plays like that, you know, you could make mistakes like that when you're a rookie. As a vet, you can't do that. Um, I get it. You're trying to make a play, get a first down. But you look at Brady and stuff. Third down, three, they drop back, nothing's there. Throw it away, punt deal with it if Lamar's going to become the quarterback where this becomes a habit of his then Baltimore's going to have a real issue on their hand because we know that contract is looming but do you want to give 250, 300 million to a guy that's elite one half and then average the second half well, the thing you are, you're right to a sense, but I feel like it's not all on Lamar. Like, for, for instance, okay, that game, that, that Giants game, I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of blame that play. But against Miami, the defense, I mean, I, the defense was just terrible. Um, there was so many miscommunications on, on that side. I know Kyle Hampton, like, it was only his first, you know, second, second game playing. I mean, there was a lot of miscommunications out there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Lamar, I mean, Lamar, they easily could have, if they, I mean, we started the game, Duvernay had a kick return, um, it was 7 0. Um, two or three picked up Mark Williams, we, we, we scored 14 0. I think, um, two of they, 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 they scored 14 7. And then, um, there's two plays that were on the goal line that we could have scored, which they turned back because the ball didn't cross the line. 
which were controversial because I mean the Lions guys was right there in front of the play and he caught a touchdown, but then they all they caught it back. Um, so, but then I think we, we uh, Lamar had a 80 yard run. We scored twenty one seven, and then Tua probably was like, "Dang, I got I got Tyreek Hill and Waddle on my team." And the defense is like, let it go. I mean, the defense, the secondary was so many miscommunications. And obviously Lamar, on the, in that game, specifically Lamar, you know, he did his thing. Um, you know, he – but it's a, it's a defense too. Like, I feel like you're – like, you're right when it comes in sense of, like, the Rays being, like, conservative in, in the second mm-hmm. half. Um, cause I'm not sure if there's any unwritten rules in the NFL where, oh, you – oh, it's unsports like to run up the score. But, hey – that that's it's, all philosophy. That, it's all philosophy, you know what I'm saying? And like the Ravens could have easily put up 50 against the Miami if they really wanted to. I mean, in that game. But I mean, I know Tua and Waddle and I knew at some point Hill was gonna get catch fire and Waddle was gonna catch fire too, was gonna be in rhythm. But I mean, listen, I mean people will say, I mean, a lot of people had the Bills winning that game, like because of Josh Allen, but we were up. We were up big against the Bills, and our defense was like we, our secondary. Uh, we couldn't. I mean, I know Morgan Morgan Williams is out. I think for a couple, maybe more weeks, or maybe uh, maybe another month or two. Um, but this our secondary is this. I mean, I know we had Marlon Humphrey. I know we had Marcus Peters, um, and you know some of these young cornerbacks but it's just the miscommunication on on that side too like but like I really place the blame on Lamar for that game against the Giants because like yeah he had a good game in the air and he had a couple yards uh it's like six seven on on the ground but it's just that play where like you know instead of him being the instead of him being the hero of him throwing the ball out of bounds he tried to be the hero of him you know getting that first down and running the clock down more and um like, but yeah, like you make up a good point, but I feel like it's not just on Lamar. It's about you know the defense, because obviously you have Daniel Jones as a quarterback for the Giants, and like you know he's not mm-hmm. really a mobile quarterback. He's, I mean, I know the the Giants have a a, a, a more nicer line than they had before, but you can't let Daniel Jones like control the game. Like, okay, now okay, if you score. If and if you're going against like Tom Brady or like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Mahomes, like oh, like oh, like you're scared. Like if you put up a touchdown, and you give them time to score. Okay, wow, you should be worried, but you shouldn't be worried about Daniel Jones when it comes to crunch. When when when, when it comes to crunch time and like that, and I feel like we just were just too. I feel like these games where we lost, like the the Miami game, um, the Bills game, and then the Giants game, we just got too cocky. Like you know, what I'm saying like towards the second. Second half, and we were just too lazy on defense. Um, I know we have the Browns um, this Sunday. Um, I, I want to say we, we we're gonna win that, and we should win that because I mean they have reset as a qu- quarterback. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, Ravens they go hard when they play divisional games. So mm-hmm. this is gonna. And we're, I mean, we are number. I mean, we're lucky that the AFC North is so soft because, like, we're number one in the in the division with a three and three record. So, I, I mean, we, I mean, we're gonna dive into Week Seven matchups um shortly, but like, we, 
in the second part of the season, we play like below 500 teams the rest of the way. We have the Browns, we have the Buccaneers, we have the Saints, and we have our bye week. Which we are getting some key pieces back. Um, I think we're getting Tyus Bowser back. Um, he was out with ACL tear. He's one of our inside, outside linebackers. Um, we could be getting Ojabo. We, 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 I will see what he brings to the table. Uh, I know he had an Achilles tear during um, his pro day, and uh, we, we drafted him from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I heard he's back in practice. I know we're getting Gus Edwards back, one of the running backs, um, which we truly missed in the backfield. So we're getting some key pieces back on on defense. Um, obviously, for a team to work, you have to have, you have, you have, to have the full puzzle for, in order for – which means players um, – but I mean, we have uh, looking at look, like look, looking at our schedule, and um, we have I mean, uh, let me look at our, pull up our schedule real quick. Uh, no, no, no. So we have the Browns, Buccaneers, Saints, and then we have I think we have our bye week. And then we play with Pan- Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. Now Bengals that could be a tricky one because it's at their home. Um. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I believe we, we can win win more of those games because. But then again, I mean, we, we lost to the Giants, so I mean, we can lose to any anyone, but we should be able to like withstand those games um down the road. I mean, the Panthers. I mean, they don't have really their team is being blown up. On um, the Jaguars, I think they're two and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos, Walter Wilson's not as as good. Um. The Falcons, you know, they're three and th- well, they're three and three right now, so who knows how they're going to be? But I mean, we just gotta, you know, like, like you said, Kyle, like you bring up a good point, saying how like if if you if a team wants to start fast, you gotta finish fast and pile up the points. You know what I'm saying? Don't go for the fourth and ones. Kick the field goal. Kick the points. John Harbaugh and Greg Roman get gets two. Like you know, obviously, yeah. If you have Lamar Jackson. Go for it on a fourth and mm-hmm. inches, possibly. But it's like a fourth and three, fourth and two. Don't go for it. If it's in field goal range, you'd be the best kick, kicker in the NFL right now. Use him to the abilities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, that's a philosophy thing. Belichick is the type, he doesn't care what people say, he's gonna do what he wants. Harbaugh. I feel like Harbaugh wants to come across as this, you know, tough, hard-nosed, old-school guy. Right. I don't think his team matches that personality. But he's trying to make them that personality. And I think that's where some of the issues are with them closing out games. Because you would think you have Lamar Jackson, the running backs, you should be one of the best teams in the league at closing games, but Man. they're not. Yeah, and, I think I think we're up there with like like the rushing like uh we had the like uh, our rushing off our our rushing is like I think top five still. I mean but we can't close out games. I mean it's just it's wild. I mean and that just that just a, puts way too much pressure on your defense, which is why yeah Miami could score twenty one points in the fourth quarter. That's wild because man. it if the offense is now going three and out, three and out, your defense isn't getting time to rest. The rest so then yeah. they're going to look worse and worse as the game goes on. So that's why I said at times, you know, yeah, the defense has blown leads, but there's been several opportunities there where 
where we Lamar can, score. can put a drive yeah. together. Even if you just get a field out of it, but if you can kill some clock, then that puts more pressure on the other team. So right. that's kind of where I come with. And like you you're know, right, Lamar. like and yeah, like you're right, like like for example, against the Bengals, like, there was a couple of throws where I mean, okay, maybe that first throw to Duvernay that was kind of far out of his reach, but, but there was two throws that he could have thrown where he could, they could have been touchdowns mm-hmm. on that on that on that drive. He kind of overthrown it to uh, uh, um, Robinson. And then yep. he over he overthrew it too, which he was wide open. Duvernay, uh, he mm-hmm. was just overthrew it. Um, and, well, that Duvernay throw is one for for Lamar. That's that's the next step because that's a tough throw. You know, Duvernay splits the safeties. You're throwing it yeah. over the top. That's kind of like the Josh Allen what he did to Pittsburgh. So that's the next level. The Robinson throw, he has to make that. That's a play he has to make now. So. Um, I'd give him a pass on the Duvernay one. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. Like, he's on his contract year. He wants to get mm-hmm. that contract. And I get it. Like, he really, I mean, unless he sees the, unless, unless he the hole, he, I, I haven't seen him run run through the holes like he does before because he, he wants to prove that here that he can throw the ball. Which he has yes. thrown the ball a lot this year, more than he has in prior years. And I get that he wants to prove He's just not a running back. He's a QB. And um, but then again, I mean, you have to like Lamar has to make throws that you know, well, like you said, like yeah, you make up a perfect point of how like those three and outs, they're putting a pressure mm-hmm. on the defense. You know what I'm saying? And yep. they get tired. And if it's every drive consecutively that the three and outs, the defense on what it's on like possibly on like. Four plays per drive, first down, second down, third down. If you go for it, fourth down. So three plays or four plays per per drive. So if you're going three and out consecutively, your mm-hmm. your defense is getting up before they even get sit down. You know what I'm saying? So they that's another problem too. Like th- that's where we have to put the pressure on these teams where um, the score, you know, don't take the foot off the pedal. You know what I'm saying? And I know the refs make some the refs make some some crushable calls here and there um, to make the game more better, more watchable. But there's no excuse. I mean, obviously those those uh, those line flags that's all the old line, like the communication between the linemen. Like, it's like. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, I want to get the W against the Browns, and but like you said, these divisional games are tricky. But I feel like we can definitely beat the Browns. Um, I think we are. Uh, I think the line uh, six and a half for Baltimore for the Becca Emity Bank. Um, so yeah, we'll dive into that for Week Seven matchups. But yeah, I yeah, I, we have the you know we're, we're not in panning mode yet. Um, but if we continue to, yeah, you blow you know, another, you blow another couple second half couple leads. Games, yeah, we're, Ravens we're fans will start grumbling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess the next game after that would be the Bills and Chiefs game. Um, the Bills beat the Chiefs, uh, twenty three to twenty. Uh, yep. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong. Sc- I'm looking at the freaking uh, Bills and Ravens game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad. Um. 
Okay, the Chiefs beat or, or the Bills beat the uh, actually twenty four twenty. Um, I knew around that. Yeah. So, um, Von Miller. Um, oh, let me see. So, uh, Stefan Diggs had ten catches for one hundred forty eight yards, a touchdown. Gabe, Gabe Davis had um, had two uh, had a touchdown and touchdown catch after torching Kansas City for four of them in January. Um, at the Bills, five and one, the same Jets, uh, the same playoff their season had ended up the past two, se- uh, the past two seasons. Um, you know, Dawson Knox kind of went off for them. Uh, Sky Moore, mm-hmm. um, you know, Teron Johnson, uh, Juju Smith had five catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Um, it, I mean, it, I guess it was a, I mean, I, I was surprised that game wasn't. I, I, like a night game, most like that one of those like four o'clock slot games. Um, but yeah, I mean it was a, definitely a much a must watch game. I mean, obviously the Bills were in the same spot, different scenario. Um, in the AFC Championship, you know that crazy OT win against uh for the Chiefs. Um, so the Bills kind of you know got the upper hand now. I mean, in the season, like with that with that win, I know Josh Allen, like you said, Josh Allen, like. When it comes to like the Chiefs and like other teams, like he is focused and dialed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I have to give him props because I mean he 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 won in Arrowhead, so I mean that's a tough place to play, yep. um, tough atmosphere to play in, and him being composed. Um, but yeah, I mean they got it done. Like any thoughts about that game? Yeah. So. Um... Going into that one, I kind of I picked Buffalo, and I solely picked Buffalo off of one thing. Buffalo went into that matchup, you know, after they lost the playoff game. That was the game that they were going to get up for coming into this season because they wanted to get some revenge for the playoff loss. They played that game the exact same way I thought they would because to Buffalo, for their – um, psyche, they needed this win. So now, if they meet again in the playoffs, if they have to go to Arrowhead or if they have to go to Orchard Park in Buffalo, which I'd be interested to see how Kansas City handles a Buffalo environment in January. But now, to Josh Allen and those guys, they're like, hey, if we have to go to Arrowhead in the playoffs, we can do it. We can defensively hang with them and if we get into another situation where you know we go up late and Kansas City only has like 30 seconds to get in the field goal range we know that we can stop that this time so it meant more to Buffalo you know Kansas City will be fine with the loss but uh, and partly because they're clearly going to win their division they're the best team in the division right now so uh, grand scheme, though, this is key for Buffalo because this gives Buffalo the inside track at the number one seed in the AFC. So if they are able to get the number one seed, that means during the playoffs, every team's going to have to go to Buffalo, and Buffalo has crazy weather during January. Even though Buffalo not necessarily plays well in that weather, but... Um, 
I mean, I was a little surprised to see Smith Schuster have such a good game because I was one of those who was a little bit skeptical of uh, that pickup from them because I didn't know how much he had after his Steeler days. But um, I think he fits in there. I do think Kansas, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City didn't trade for another wide receiver. But um, but yeah, it, it was it was a really good game. It lived up to all the hype. And like I said, I, I just had a feeling Buffalo's going to win it because they needed it just for their team morale. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, like, I know, uh, I mean, I, I, I possibly they could meet up in the AFC Championship again this year, um, barring, you know, the, the, the rest of the way. So this could be some momentum for the Bills. As all, I'm, I want to say our Ravens because our, I know I'm trying to not be biased here, but like I can see, I mean, if I mean if we make the playoffs and we can have a you know a good stretch, um, we can make it. But if not, then I I, I can see the Bills and Chiefs playing again in the same scenario mm-hmm. as last year. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, like it gives them momentum, not not just for for this Chiefs team, but for the teams that they're going to play later on, like, you know, they give them momentum, like, damn, like we beat the chiefs. Like mm-hmm. we can do anything. Um, so I guess like the next game we can talk about, um, it's that Packers game. So the storyline was after, after the game, um, tell us, we'll talk about this game and then the Cowboys game, then we'll get into our, our yeah. week seven matchups. Um, so, uh, the storyline after this game was that the uh, Air Rodgers said we need to simplify the offense, and then, and then when a reporter asked um, Matt Lafleur, like, um, "Did you hear Aaron say simplify?" He was like, uh, "What does that What does that mean?" Um, so they lost twenty-seven to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, they got they got beat. Um, I guess the storyline like he didn't really use uh, Adam Jones as much as he would like to. Um, yep. in that game, and that was a big issue. And the Jets, I mean, they're looking, they're, they're looking good with, the, with like Elijah Moore, with uh, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner. Uh, I believe got well, Elijah first. Moore wants out though. He put he in a trade out. request. Oh, really? Really? Who Elijah yep. Moore? Yep. Isn't he a rookie, or is he a second year player? I think he's like a second-year player. It, it makes no sense. And I think Sala came out and said that, yeah, he's not going to play this week. So, Well, I mean, that, that could be a big big blow to them. Uh, I mean, obviously they got Corey Davis. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, like, like Corey Davis, he's been kind of quiet because I know he's like him. Mm-hmm. Like on the Titans, he, it was him. It was – uh. It was uh, you know, who the other receivers on that team? Uh, Corey Davis, it was AJ Brown, AJ Brown, or oh, AJ Brown. Um, he's been kind of quiet on the Jets lately. Um, but I mean, yeah, like the Jets. I mean, they're they're looking good. You know, on the they got Fox Gardner had his first pick, um, yep. I believe. So I mean, but now you see Elijah Moore wants out. I mean, that's a big hole in that receiving corpse, even though he's a second year, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Um, like, any thoughts about the game that you've seen or that you read about? Um, so, with this game, you know, 
I knew there was a good chance the Jets could win this one only because defensively they can do a lot of the things that has frustrated the Packers offense most of the season. Uh, Quinnen Williams on the defensive line was in the backfield all day harassing Aaron Rodgers. Um, offensively, I think where Elijah Moore, you know, I guess where he's probably has his issue is that right now the Jets are built to you know, play possession offensively and play good defense. I think Elijah Moore wants to be in a situation where maybe it's more wide open, more of a passing offense, and the Jets aren't that right now. Only because it's kind of the way the Jets have to play in order to win right now. They're not, you know, Zach Wilson has his limitations as a quarterback. Uh, Joe Flacco as a backup, he has his own issues. So it's, I get where it could be frustrating, but for me, you're on a team that's four, what are they, four and two. They look like they could make the playoffs, and now you want to come with a trade request, and it just seems like you're just being selfish at this point. Right. You know, and if I'm the Jets, that's something I don't need on my team when my team right now is a lot of young guys finally putting it together, and we look like we could do something this year. I don't need this guy, you know, possibly stirring something up in the locker room and then maybe he gets a couple other guys who start thinking the way that he does and now you get invested into. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by the trade deadline, but I think the biggest story is that the Packers still continue to struggle offensively. This whole Aaron Rodgers thing, that's just him using the media to get on his side and put all the blame of the uh, of their trash offense on LaFleur and the coaching staff. I'm glad LaFleur came out and said something as well because it could have been very easy for LaFleur to be like, yeah, I agree. We should simplify it. But he's like, what does that even mean? I mean, yeah. I've been hearing on ESPN all day talking about, well, they should let Aaron Rodgers call plays at the line. I kind of assumed he did that anyway. Yeah, right, right. He's been in the league long enough. You're telling me he just gets a play in his head and he just runs whatever they call? I mean, that that's a joke to me. So I just think LaFleur's probably going to end up losing his job, but the Packers don't do well. And more people are just going to push the blame off when they should be looking at Aaron Rodgers. He's not that guy. Never been that guy. He's never been <laughs> the goat or anywhere close to the goat. Say it, say, say it with your chest, Kyle. Say it with your chest. Loud <laughs> <laughs> so, and proud, man. Because the funny thing is, right? When I go to YouTube, there's like a couple of fan bases that I love trolling and just getting on there, just riling them up. And the Aaron Rodgers like fan groups. They're the easiest ones to set off because in their eyes, Aaron Rodgers only has one championship ring because he's never had wide receivers because they never draft any for him. You know, he's never had great defenses when he's there. But it's like the real problem is 
Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs has come out small in the biggest games. And that's been the problem. And I do think some more people are kind of coming around to that as we see year after year after year. They win the NFC North because the division hasn't been good. Although now the Vikings seem like they're pretty good. And the Vikings are leading that division right now. But we've seen him lose to Brady and the Bucks in the playoffs because he doesn't make enough plays. Like, do you know that his playoff record, he's basically a 500 quarterback in the playoffs? For a guy as talented as he is and, and as gifted as he is, as people would say, you would think he'd have a better record. He's only won one NFC title and one Super Bowl in his career. Eli Manning's won two rings. So, I mean, I've always seen Aaron Rodgers is overrated and these struggles that he's having, I mean, it, it does make me laugh because I just know that he's just being, he's just going to be miserable all season. And it just gives me more to say about him. So, yeah, that that's, that's the Packers issues in a nutshell. They won't come with come to groups that Aaron Rodgers isn't the guy and he just won't be as he gets older. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm looking at this article um, from Rich uh, Simony from ESPN um, about Elijah Moore mm-hmm. trade. And, like, uh, I mean, he was asked from practice. Um, I think his frustration is, like, he hasn't really been involved in the offense. But, I mean, the, the man only had – the man has only had 16 receptions and no touchdowns. So obviously you're a receiver, man. You have to get open and and yep. and, and and catch the balls. I mean, yep. And I think Salah said that. I mean, and that's that, that's going to be awkward because uh, Salah, I think eight hours ago said that. No, I'm not. I'm not dealing him. Um, you can't because he's like like isn't he his, his rookie contract still? Technically, because he is he's a two year yeah. player, right? So I mean, you can't. Yeah, really, he's still on his rookie deal. That's like that's like Lamar playing in year two once out. Like you can't do that. Um, or or any no, rookie, they, they can trade him. They it's can, just, but it's up to them, really. Right. It's just whether or not they'll get something in return that they want. Or in Salah's case, maybe he thinks if you put Elijah Moore, you know, have him sit to the side for a week. Maybe something clicks in him and he's like, you know what? We're actually winning and I can put my selfish, you know, aspirations aside and get back into the team mold. And yeah. I think that's what Sal is hoping for. If not, just because he said today he's not going to trade him, that doesn't mean two weeks from now he won't trade him. Well, um, I was reading the article. Uh, they were saying, so, and I quote, he said, to ask him to play a, uh, a football game, with where he is from a mental standpoint, wouldn't be fair to him, in my opinion, Coach uh, said. But that strictly is my decision. Um, I can agree with that. Like like Salah said that uh, they just won't grant Morris trade requests, saying that they're hoping to like settle the differences when it comes back to the team. Um, it's yeah. a part of what that we deal with every day. Uh, we've had our discussions with Elijah. Trading him is not an, an option. We're just continuing working with him. Um, I mean, like you said, the trade the, the trade deadline is the, the, the November 1st. So if yep. Salah has a decision to make about trading him or not, 
he had until what, like four o'clock on that Tuesday um, yep. to make a decision. So, um, but I mean, hopefully they can, you know, settle their differences. But how awkward would it be if like Elijah Moore is like, oh, like, I mean, obviously he doesn't have the upper hand, but like in the locker room, like he wants out. Salah won't deal him right now. He wants out. And that's going to just be awkward for the for the team in general. Like, yeah. and he's being selfish right now. Like, like you said, like, I mean, obviously it's not tennis. It's not um, horseback riding where like, it's like an individual thing. Um, it's a team thing. So obviously, yeah, if you're open, you're open, but the man has 16 receptions on zero touchdowns. So obviously it's the second year in the league. Um, so it's not like he's like a whole year doing where he's like a seasoned veteran. He's, he's been in the league for years and years. So obviously he has more to improve on. Maybe it's just like he's young. He he maybe at the time he doesn't feel like he's being targeted on some plays. Yeah. But that comes with that. I mean, most rookies or second year players deal with that. But obviously, this is an awkward situation because I mean, obviously. The Jets are doing good right now, and mm-hmm. with this being a detraction, him winning out, him not feeling like he's like, not say like not he's not welcomed, but like not really part of the offense. He feels like, um, and him wanting a trade, uh, and him and his feelings. I mean, I feel like it's just like it's a bad look for the Jets right now. Like, as far as not as far as them as a team, just as in the locker room. With the quarterback Zach Wilson being being back and playing, um, how does that make Zach Wilson feel? It's like, oh, like I'm, I, like I'm doing the best of my ability. I'm following Coach Salas, mm-hmm. you know, play calling. My coordinators are off the play calling. I'm trying to get you involved with the with the with the offense. I, I'm doing the best I can. I mean, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I'm a quarterback. I'm you, your job. You're, you're, you're supposed to get open. You're just supposed to, you know, separate yourself from the, from the cornerbacks and the, the defense mm-hmm. and get open. And um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously they said how they're not trading him at the moment. They want to work it out. Um, maybe they will. Um, well, you also don't want to set the precedent that the minute a player gets frustrated, yeah, they voice it to the media, and then they get their wish and get traded. So I get where Salah's coming from. It's a tough line to you know to toe, but. I saw this in New England. Nikhil Harry wanted a trade request. And basically what happened was Belichick kept him around throughout that season. And then in the offseason, he traded him. Because at that point, you know, not really affecting any games at that point. So maybe that's where this Elijah Moore story goes, is that the offseason, maybe he gets traded. Um, but I mean, 16 catches through what six games that is kind of frustrating as a wide receiver, but it's one thing to ask for a trade. You know, if the Jets were one in five and he asked for the trade, fine, I can understand that. But you're four and two, and there weren't a lot of ex- expectations. Write it out. Zach Wilson just came back, and you don't know if. Maybe you and he, you and um, Wilson can create some type of connection. Maybe you have a great second half. Who knows? But uh, it's definitely something to watch. 
because we know everybody's going to try to get Elijah Moore to Green Bay because every wide receiver has to go to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, and it's it's going to be a problem. Uh, hopefully, Salah figures it out. Hopefully, Moore comes to his senses and realizes the situation he's in where he could actually get playoff football in his second year. Yeah, I mean, Salah did say, I mean, he um, gave him a uh, personal day off, I think on Wednesday's practice for like some, for like some, for like some family matters. Um, yeah. But maybe Salah, he said that he was going to give him maybe some time to relax. Maybe he's just frustrated and then yeah. have him come back to the team and then have him ready to talk and um, get him back on the team. Cause, but obviously he's, he's inactive for, uh, for Sunday's game. When he could be playing, so he could be losing on money too, on a game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, or yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a. I mean, obviously he hasn't been a proven receiver yet, but it's kind of a big receiver hole that they're going to be missing on Sunday. And who knows? It's going to be pushed to next Sunday. You know, he might, depending on when he's ready to come back and. I think Salah is giving him the time that he needs to like get prepared and you know relax. Um, apparently, it was like a personal or family matter. Uh, he was seen leaving the private facility, kind of frustrated. So, uh, so I, so I could do is give him time to you know recuperate and they can reconvene when he gets back. So, um, yeah. So I guess the last game we're talking about is the Sunday night game: Cowboys Eagles. Um, it. Like, it was a good game. I was in Philly. Uh, the crowd was crazy. Um, the final score of that game was okay, scores. Uh, it was 17-26 Eagles. The defense, the Cowboys defense, I mean, that kind of stuck with it, like I like I predicted it to be. Uh, I feel like the, the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys defense was the Eagles' first, like, real test of a good defense. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Eagles blew them out. Um, the Eagles, um, on the Eagles' side, um, the box score. We'll start with Cowboys. Uh, Cooper Rush had a terrible game. Uh, well, he had 181 yards, uh, mm-hmm. one TD, and then three interceptions. I mean, he was that sack zero times. Um, Elliot had 13 carries for 81 yards. Uh, Pollard had Tony Pollard had 11 carries for 44 yards. On the Eagles side, um, Hertz had 155 yards, um, two touchdowns, was sacked four times. Um, Miles Sanders had uh, 18 carries for uh, 71 yards for receiving or for rushing. I mean, um, Hertz had nine carries for 25 yards rushing. Um, AJ Brown had uh, six receiving. For six, seven yards, uh, Devontae Smith has five receiving for 44 yards. I mean, so, uh, or Adrian had one touchdown and Smith had one touchdown. So, down the board, I mean, Eagles, I mean, their offense is clicking on all cylinders and their defense is, is clicking too. But, um, I mean, the Cowboys they put up a good fight. Um, there was a couple plays where I mean, the Cowboys could have brought it even closer. But Cooper Rush just played terrible down the second half. Um, now I think it's time. I think Dak said he's. I think he's almost 
He's going to return, I think, for this week's game. Hopefully. Hopefully. So I think Cowboys, they play the um, – who, who they play this week? Oh, hold on. I got it written down somewhere. Cowboys. The Lions. Oh, that should be a dub. Um, so It's yeah, a good like, game for him to start with, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like So, like, any reactions for this game at all, like, for the playing that game? Um. I guess only because I know we have still NBA and all that to talk about, so I'll keep it yeah. real short. Yeah. Cooper Rush looked like a backup quarterback, and Dak Prescott clearly was going to play this coming week once he lost that game. But Cooper Rush did his job, so can't be mad at him. He went 4-1, and one, so... He did all he could. It's just that the Eagles right now are just a better team, top to bottom, than the Cowboys. That's it. I guess that's the most simple way you can put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so quickly, let's um, talk about our Week 7 matchup. Let's go down the line. Um, let's do prime time. Well, I guess the um, Cardinals beat the Saints 4-2-34. Uh, okay. We're going to do all of these. Let's do the primetime games first. Uh, so Sunday night, this is an easy, easy W uh, for the Miami. Miami plays Steelers. Two was back. Um, so I wouldn't say it's easy, but I, I, yeah. my only thing is Brian Flores is on the defensive staff for Pittsburgh. He probably wants to prove something. Pittsburgh loves blitzing. So – there's going to come a point where Tua probably takes a hit and people are going to be squeamish about, does he get up or not? I want to see, does Miami counter that and, you know, go with a quick passing game, get the ball out of Tua's hands quickly. That way you don't have to worry about him getting hit. You know, quick little wide receiver screen to Tyreek Hill or something, see if he can break one. A quick slant to um, Jalen Waddle, stuff like that. So don't drop him back seven steps and risk him taking a hit because we don't know how Tua's going to react to his first hit. So that's something I'm interested to see in this one. Yeah, but I you, do think Miami wins it, though. Yeah, like you bring up a good point um, about, like, Flores being the, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh. So he, he wants to, you know, kind of get back at his former team. Because yeah. uh, he should still be the head coach there. Oh, Without a doubt, I, I do yeah. agree. Um, and uh, but I mean, since two was bet, I kind of gave him the upper hand. Kyle Pitts is in protocol. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky, I think he's starting, or I Mason Rudolph, I'm not sure who's starting. Either, either, I or think I mean, I Pickett might start, he I might pick it uh, out of protocol, out of protocol, yeah. I mean, I still got two over Pickett. Um, so two, I mean, but who, but you know, it's. A Sunday night primetime game, so all the eyes are going to be on in Miami of how they, you know, of how he gets hit, the way mm-hmm. he gets hit to a. Um, but I do think two is probably a concussion away from retirement. Oh wow! You say retirement? Yeah, I think after the whole seizure thing, the next concussion he gets, some medical personnel is going to tell him you might have to give it up. That's going to be an interesting story to follow um, down the line. Like, this, yeah, 
Because, I mean, we're midway through the season. So, like, if he starts more games, like, it could be more chances he can get hit. So, Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to follow that. That's a good good take. Uh Yeah, I think you're right. Because after that that hit that he took against Bengals and he was, like, you know, having that that seizure or, you know, just fingers like that, like. Yep. You could be right. Um, so let's just go down. To, um, I mean, so we got the. Uh, so, so, so you do agree that mine's going to beat Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess, I mean, I got the Browns over there. I mean, Ravens over the Browns. Um, they are uh, six at point favorites because obviously they're at home, but they got three points already off the bat. Um, I I have the Chiefs beating the 49ers. Um, I have the Bengals. See, that's the game where I can. So I got Green Bay beating the Commanders. Buccaneers beating the Saints. Or Buccaneers beating the Panthers. Um, mm-hmm. Giant. Uh, that tough game against the Jaguars. Uh, I got the Jets beating the Broncos. Uh, Seahawks beating the Chargers because Geno Smith is, is, is hot right now. Um, I got the Colts. Uh, I I took that back. I got the Titans beating the Colts. Um, so that's that's my picks. I, I can agree. All, I, I, can through, I, I can go through all the games because for time constraints, but yeah, I can agree with most of those. The only ones I would probably say is I think the Colts beat. The Titans. See, I was gonna go uh, close, I, but yeah. Derrick Henry. Well, I mean, yeah, I know Derrick Henry. Yeah. Taylor's he, out. He he's been great, but I think Shaq Leonard is back for the Colts, and I think he's gonna play a major part in slowing down Derrick Henry. So I think the Colts get that one. It may not be a pretty game, but I like the fact that they've established Alec Pierce opposite of Michael Pittman. So I think their passing offense is going to get a little bit better throughout the season. Um, Trying to see what other games. You said Seahawks over the Chargers. I could see the Chargers winning that one, but I see why you would pick the Seahawks because Geno Smith, I got to give him a lot of credit. When they said he was going to be the starting quarterback there, I thought it was laughable. But his backup is Drew Locke, who didn't work in Denver. So I get it, but he's played way better than I thought he would. So I have to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I will say that I just think Herbert just the Chargers are too good to lose that game, even though they won't have Keenan Allen. Keenan Keenan Allen is a big part of their offense, but I think the Chargers get that one. Uh, I think pretty much all the other ones you said I do agree with. I I guess the quick point about the Ravens Browns I think the Ravens win that one but the Browns keep it closer than they should I can see that being a six point win for the Ravens it's kind of like 27 27 21 that type of score all right all right um so I guess we can do uh go into our um our our locks and upsets of the week uh so I got my lock is definitely going to be um Buccaneers against the uh Panthers are a 13-point favorite, um, yep. so that's the heavyweight um, mm-hmm. lock. 
uh, for the week. My upset. Um, I had the Jets upsetting the Broncos because the Broncos are a one point favorite. Um, so they are. That's right. Which is which is wild to me, but I get it. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely have um, the Jets upsetting the Broncos. Broncos are two and four. Jets are two, four and two. Um, let's look at the preview. Um, I mean, the last meeting the Broncos did beat the Jets 26-0 on September 2021. Unless mm-hmm. the Jets beat the Packers 27-10, Broncos lost to the Chargers 2019-16. Um, Jets offense overall, they're 17 offense. They're rushing in, uh, they're at 18. Um, uh, the Jets player to watch, uh, Breeze Hall, um, the rookie second rounder, continues to uh, establish himself as a key playmaker in the nearest offense. He's coming off a of rushing, uh, rushing for a career best 116 yards at Green Bay, but will face a tough death in defense, uh, defense, defense. Um, Obviously, the player watcher Broncos is Nevin Gordon. I'm not, I had him on my fancy team, but he didn't give me nothing. Um, just a waste of my a player on my team for that week because he had like points, something points or something like that. He didn't really yeah. go off. I think last week he gave me. Oh, let me check. They pretty much bested him last week, so that really yeah, didn't help uh, anybody's fantasy team. And Melvin Gordon, he gave me like he he was supposed to have 12, 12.81 points. Dude had 0.80 points, man. Oh, man. Yeah, they basically Terrible. benched him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my lock. Um, so, do you have your locks and uh, upsets? Yes. So, my lock, I'm taking the Patriots over the Bears. It's too easy not to. Um, that defense is going to give Fields a headache with Judon. I got Raquan McMillan. I forgot. Wilson I, mean, I, mean, I forgot y'all had Judon, man. I miss him. <laughs> hey, man. Judon <laughs> is killing it in New England. Um, Do y'all still have one of the McCory twins, or did they both retire? Yep. No, we, we have one of them. The other one is on NFL Network now. We have Devin oh, McCourty. Devin McCourty. Okay. Um, yeah, but even in the secondary, you have Jack Jones, Kyle Duggar. So I think it's going to be a long day. Well, I guess a long night for Chicago. My upset, uh, I guess the Colts would be an upset. It's, yeah, Tennessee's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so I would go with the Colts as my upset in that one. So Colts has an upset. Okay. All right. Well, that does it for the NFL segment. Um, it's going to be a crazy week seven. Um, uh, maybe some upsets and maybe some di- maybe another disappointment. For some of some of the teams, mm-hmm. but uh, quick, quickly let's go to the MLB. Um, I know my Yankees are down 0-2 against the Astros. Um, were games where we both both games were. I mean, I think it was we lost two four game one and then two three uh, game two. I wish Aaron Jones got robbed of the home run because if that home run was in Yankee Stadium, it would have been a home run. Um, uh, I think it was a game. I mean, it was it was definitely like. You know, if that was another ballpark, that would have been a home run. I mean, it, I can't stand Yankee Stadium. <laughs> that short porch in right 
hey, frustrates man. me so much <laughs> because, you know, Yankees throughout their years have had left-hand power hitters. Oddly enough, they don't really have one now. Because if you look at it, Judge, Stanton, right-handed. Well, I guess they have Rizzo. Yeah, I won't yeah, disrespect left, Rizzo he's, like that. He's left. Rizzo, Rizzo is a left-handed power hitter. But the Yankees usually in their lines, they had, you know, Matsui, the Giambi guys, stuff like that. And now they've turned more to a right-handed power team. Um, I mean... I did say if the Yankees went against the Astros, I was going to take the Astros because the Yankees are built for the long ball, but the Astros have decent pitchers that if if the Yankees struggle at the plate, they don't really have anything else to fall back on. You know, with the Astros, we can see uh, Alvarez or Altuve hit a home run, but they can also have Altuve leg leg out a double, or Bregman leg out a double and play that kind of ball. So I think that's where the Yankees always going to run into an issue with the Astros. The fact that they're down 0-2, I do think the series is over. The question is, does it go five? Does it go six? I don't think they get swept. That's I don't think it's crazy. See, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over because now, now that I know the format is two, three, two, three games are in the Bronx. It's a favorable, uh, like stadium for the long ball. Um, but the Astros have good pitching. That's what I'm just saying. They have good. Pitching. I just think the Astros are just. It's just that team I that mean, the Yankees aren't built. I mean, we had pitching too. I mean, we got Garrett Cole, we got Nestor Cortez. I mean, we, we I mean, the Astros yeah. haven't really, they haven't really freaking, they haven't destroyed us. The first game was 2 4. The second game was 2 hey, they 3. Don't, they don't have to destroy you. They just need to win. That's it. I mean, that's true. But I wouldn't say it's over because, I mean, obviously, being in that Yankee Stadium, being for three games, mm-hmm. that can be like that. That push that the Yankees need, that that crowd, you know what I'm saying? I was, it's a playoff atmosphere now. It's not a regular season atmosphere. And right. now another uh, another storyline to that game two game was it was a report that the Astros, the team did not want to have the roof down or the, it was the MLB decision to have mm-hmm. the roof. So the reason why I say that Aaron Judge was a home run, it should have been a home run because – it got hit the right field. The wind kind of pushed. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm making excuses, but I mean, it's just facts that I, from what I read that the MLB decision was a game time to have the roof down. I mean, usually, mm-hmm. You need to have the roof up so it wasn't affecting the wind. So if the wind, I mean, obviously the wind, the roof was down and it caused the ball to like, you know, have that, that downwards drop where it, if the roof was down, it would have, you know, Went over the the guy's glove. Now, okay, he caught it. It's all right, but um, but I mean, in any other park, uh, not Yankee Stadium, any other park, that would have been a home run. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, I want to say the series is over. Over. Um, I know Bregman. I mean, he he kind of he cracked the ball for the home run at game two, and he had that that pitcher. Um, 
that came in. I think it was um was it was it Rammer Valdez? Valdez? Yes. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. He's a he was a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um I mean taking I mean they're taking their formula that they won with 105 games in the regular season. They're, they're taking that into the playoffs, which is scary. Um, so, yeah, Bregman connected with an early three-run homer. That just threw seven strong innings. And the Astros edged Yankees 3-2. Um, the Astros approved to 5-0 this postseason. Um, so, yeah, Yankees slugger Aaron Judge missed a, just missed a two-run home run in the eighth when his drive was caught just in the front of the short wall by right fielder Kyle Tucker. The ball would have landed in a short right field porch at Yankee Stadium. Stack has showed. With the roof open at Minute Maid Park, the wind might have knocked down the Joseph's bid. Um, so Verlander, he had a good outing. Uh, fan 11, um, 11 and 4 2 win. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Valdez came in, turned the corner, and um, had a lot of solid pitching performance. Uh, da, 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 what else? Um, she was in a 72 overall against the Yankees this year. Yankees starter, Louis Severino, Plunk, Martin, uh, uh, I mean, so yeah, the next two ga- next three games are at home. And then I guess the it's two games. Are they necessary two two games? Or two three two the formation, or are they guaranteed two games at, in Houston? Uh well, no, because if Houston wins two out of three in New York, the series is over. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, I I can see the Yankees stealing some a couple games back for some maybe a game five or game six in Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a perfect world, I mean, if the Yankees win all three games, then they would have to probably just win one more in Houston. But that's just a, a perfect world scenario. But I'd hey, be shocked when, with Al, with Altuve slugging or sluggish, he's that's surprising because obviously he was going off last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think he's like what like two for it's like three for twelve. I think in his last like. Five playoff games, I think. Um, so he really hasn't really been a factor. Dragman stepped up with a home run, um, and um, I, I feel like with like with Judge um, in the playoffs, like from what I've seen, like the Yankees are not just Judge. I think like Yankees players overall, they are like early in the count. They become too aggressive. Like they, a lot of players that they, a lot of the pitchers are. Below the strike zone, which are balls, mm-hmm. and they they go for it. Judge throughout the season never really swung at a low pitch. I mean, obviously he, I mean he likes to sw- he likes to swing in that at balls in the like the upper upper chest area, um, yeah. the sliders. And I've seen him like that means like he's trying to he's trying to carry the team on his back with him being aggressive early in counts and he's getting oh two counts he's getting one and two counts and i'm obviously he's excellent when it comes to being patient and waiting for the pitch but i feel like with not not different judge i feel like with, with stan with 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 torres um these hitters get too aggressive early in the counts obviously yeah i mean like when i play baseball like literally baseball like the coach always tell me don't swing at the first pitch because you never know if that's going to be a ball or a strike so that's the that's the unwritten rule. Never swing at the first pitch. But obviously, if it's a good pitch, you swing at it. But mm-hmm. 
the the reason why Andrews has is a home run. Uh, he has sixty two season home runs because he's he didn't he wasn't aggressive in counts. You know, like he would wait for the pitch up, upper level in the strike zone. But I've just seen Aaron Judge swing at low pitches when when he should like you know take the balls and work work the count. Um, I mean Rizzo has been excellent. Uh, getting base hits. I mean, I know we had um, we have to speed with Tim LoCastro. I know game two. I mean, Chapman went for the check swing. It was a check swing, and and uh, LoCastro didn't actually make it to second base if it wasn't for the check swing. So, Yankees could have tied it up three three, but that was a strike. Um, Chat uh, our Carpenter struck out. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't think the seat, I don't think this is over yet. Just because, like, one, we're in the Bronx, we're back in Yankee Stadium. Uh, playoff atmosphere is home. It's a home home run friendly uh, ballpark. But the problem is, with me being the Yankees fan, our problem is we have to figure out a way to get people on base. Like I said, we, we strike out a lot. Um, if we get if we had one guy on, on first base. We can't get him. To, we can't get him to second base. We mm-hmm. can't get those extra base hits we need. And the Astros are good at that. They're like they're good at using you know their hitters to the advantage. I mean, obviously we have Stanton, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Oswaldo Cabrera, but we had problems with getting runs. And I mean, the games that we lost, we we could have you know. One like we had Harrison Bader had that home run that in the in the first game, which I mean I thought, I mean we didn't didn't have the win in the bag, but I mean I thought it was gonna be some momentum for us, um, but yeah I mean I think our problem is we had to. It's just like the Ravens' philosophy. If you want to start out hot, start off hot. You know what I'm saying don't get a home run. In the first second inning, and just let off the love the gas, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, Yankees are not really in panic mode yet, but if they drop this game in the Bronx, game one in the Bronx, yeah, it could be a panic mode because obviously you said two games in the Bronx is over. Um, so yeah, the pressure's all on Yankees to get a W. They just got to take it one game at a time. Um, but we have to like orchestrate more base runners and get more home runs. Um, I know that's easy to say, easy to, but I mean, I have faith. I mean, I mean, Stan had a boy against the Guardians, he had what a three run shot, and then Aaron tries five with a two run shot, mm-hmm. uh, to put away the Guardians. Um, so do you have any reaction to uh this whole Yankees Astros series or any any thoughts? Yeah, couple points. These aren't the Guardians. Yeah. That's one. But That's one. kind of what I'm saying with the Yankees is they've built their team and they consistently do this. They build their their lineup with all or nothing guys. And especially in the playoffs. That works against certain teams, but it can be an issue 
because if basically with the Yankees, it's like if Judge goes cold, the Yankees aren't going to score. And just look at it up down the lineup: Judge, Stanton, Donaldson, guys like that, where they're either going to hit a home run. Well, especially Donaldson, he'll either hit a home run or he'll strike out. That's basically what you're going to get from him. And that works some games because some games your lineup is just red hot and guys are just, you know, hooking the ball over the ballpark. But in a lot of these series, especially uh, ALCS, you're going up against the, you know, presumably the best team in your league so going against Houston you know Houston's coming at you with flame throwing arms and um, an offense with guys that have been there done that they understand this kind of pressure you talked about Judge swinging out pitches below the strike zone there's a reason for that pressure's on right now oh yeah they're down 0-2 Going to New York for game three, that crowd will probably be as electric as it's going to be to start game three. But unless the Yankees score early and and they score first, that could work against them. Because if the Astros come out, let's say the first inning, score a run or two, now the Yankee fans are going to be like, oh, no, here we go again. So I think... The Yankees need to score first in game three to have a chance. If they don't, they're going to be behind the eight ball. Um, I mean, I won't say – I mean, I did say it was over. That's mainly because I think the Astros win the series and the fact that they won the first two at home. I think worst case, the Astros win at least one game in New York. And then to ask the Yankees to then go back to Houston and try to win – two games in Houston I don't see it happening so basically what the only thing that would probably change my mind is that the Yankees sweep the three games in New York at that point I'd probably say the Yankees win it in six but the way it's going I think the Astros win this one I think the Yankees probably win game three because that's going to be the one that they have to win and I can see the Astros winning like game four Yankees, you know, backs against the wall, fight and claw, win in game five. Astros take it in game six, and then they move on to the World Series. But I mean, it's it's just the philosophy of the Yankees that I just think the Astros are always going to be a thorn in their side if they continue to build their lineup this year. And yeah, that's just what they're going to have to deal with. Because the Astros are probably the only team, and even the Red Sox have had some success in the playoffs against the Yankees, but that match has been more 50 50. So, yeah, it's interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, I will talk about the NL, um, but this is for some time. We're going to jump to the NBA. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so I guess we can. Um, I guess we can start out with the so Lakers, and then we'll end with the the the, the, the famous debate. I know you've been waiting for this debate since like the beginning of the week. 
Because it's a debate that should not be had, but it's been forced by a certain fan group. But I'll wait. I'll... <laughs> I, mean, I wish I see. I asked Freddie if you want to be on this show just, just for this, so we can back up into a corner because, like, you're a Celtics fan. So, I, well, I know Freddie has that. He has that and one show that he does it and so. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So let's start off with something light. Um, so Lakers, Lakers are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they, they. Their first matchup was against the Golden State Warriors, which was the uh, NBA champions last year. They got their rings. Yep. Um, we had the whole scandal with no, well, not scandal, but uh, the whole Draymond Green, Jordan Poole thing before the season. Um, apparently, have that be squashed for right now. Um, when the title and getting your rings can do that for that situation, so exactly, yeah. Um, I know Jordan Poole did get extended, um, and Wiggins got extended, so. I guess we're talk about uh, another podcast or maybe another episode of how like can this team sit together? Because I know Jamon Green contract, he wants his money, um, and they're above that luxury tax. Yeah, so he, he's probably gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so to be honest, the Warriors really didn't have a good shooting performance. Um, better they they had a better performance than the Lakers, obviously. But mm-hmm. they weren't lights out. Um, and there are some times in the game where Lakers, you know, try to get a comeback. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel that flaw in your face. <laughs> I feel that little flaw in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, I mean, Russell Westbrook, um, I mean, as far as the defense, um, he's – been a dog on defense. I mean, I know he had that steal against. Um, I think it was at that one play in the Warriors game where, or maybe it was the Clippers game where I think he. Um, I think either was a Curry or it might have been the, the last night's game where, um, I think either Kawhi he threw the ball and Russell like kind of like you know they they threw lazy passes into Kawhi and Westbrook, you know, stole them. So, I mean, give him yeah. credit, give him credit for it, but yeah, they were lazy but, um, passes. Yes, so I guess the question is how. I mean, LeBron even said it in the media after game one. This team is not built for shooting. I mean, we any basketball fan or sports fan knows that right now. Like, even <laughs> even last year, like we weren't really like a shooting mm-hmm. team because um, yeah. none was out. Even none's back. He's not producing like we want him to. But it's only. Second game, um, but <laughs> so I guess the question, like, I mean, I know you're a Celtics fan, but like for us Lakers fans, what <laughs> what do we, I can't, say, I can't say this in a straight face, man. What do we need to do to like fix this team, man? Like, do we need to get, I mean, obviously so, I heard Buddy Hills is in the talks. Yeah, well, we've heard that, so. <laughs> Laker fans basically have to take a long look in the mirror. <laughs> I've tried to make this point to Freddie. He didn't want to hear it. So I feel like you might be more receptive to this. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, man. Let's see. <laughs> okay, so we'll see. So LeBron says team's not built for shooting. Whose fault is that? Last offseason... 
The rumor was they were going to trade for Buddy Heald. LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook. They got Russell Westbrook. So, LeBron, you knew you needed shooting. It's been an issue since you've been in L.A. Buddy Heald is an elite three-point shooter, but you didn't want him. You wanted Russ. So now that you have Russ, you can't now turn around and say, we don't have shooting. That's one. Two, they went and got Patrick Beverly, and all we kept hearing was, well, he's a 37% three-point shooter. Patrick Beverly's game is not shooting. He's never been known as a shooter. Patrick Beverly, you bring him there for perimeter defense. That's it. Yeah, he can hit a corner three every now and again, but he's not a shooter. So that's your other problem. Third issue is if LeBron's going to point out the team needs shooting, LeBron, that's an area that you could have helped in, but you're not a great shooter. So I don't know how they fix this because at this point, I think Westbrook is trolling L.A. at this point because last night for him to say he had a solid game is laughable to me because he was like 0 for 12 from the field. I get it. You got a couple of steals on defense, but you did not have a solid game. Then he's been empowered to shoot threes all of a sudden because Ham made the mistake a couple of weeks ago saying, oh, yeah, we want him shooting threes. He wanted to be a corner specialist. He can't shoot. How's he going to become a corner specialist all of a sudden? So I don't know. Well, the main fix I had was if you wanted Westbrook, and I'm actually a Westbrook fan, so what I see happening in L.A., it's rough to see, but you cannot have him and LeBron on the court together. I know it. You probably know it. But for some reason, the Lakers don't care, and they keep putting them both out there. They both basically do the same thing offensively. It's just that LeBron's bigger, stronger, and LeBron has a better jump shot than Westbrook. LeBron's jump shot isn't consistent enough that, you know, LeBron's not going to fall in love with a jump shot. If LeBron's hot one night, he'll take threes and make some. But most nights, he doesn't like shooting them. Anthony Davis is a guy who can play inside and outside, but I would prefer Davis around the rim because he's a dynamic low post scorer. And most nights, he's going to be way more athletic than the other team's big man. Um, now, unfortunately, he had that fall last night. I remember in the chat, you know, uh, some people were joking about him being fragile. I get it, but... You know, that fall was legitimate enough that I understand that, you know, I mean, he, after that point, he couldn't really jump. He couldn't run. I mean, Zubac was beating him up and down the floor after that fall, and that should never happen. But I, I, I just don't see anywhere where Laker fans should feel optimistic about this season. I think it's going to be more the same as last season. LeBron averaged about 25, 28 a game. You're going to win probably 35 games this year. 
and it's going to be rough. So that's about all I have for the Lakers. I could probably say more, but I think those are the most pressing issues. It's just the team is not built correctly. There's a lot of parts that just don't work together. And so I guess the next question is, like, I mean, what? I mean, okay, break this. Like, let's break this down. Like, what? Okay. I mean, obviously you have LeBron. I mean, obviously LeBron mm-hmm. and keep AD. But even with AD, like, like when he when he, when he I mean, he played. He's playing phenomenal. Like grabbing boards, catching alley oop passes, dunking and scoring. Um, but when that man goes down, I mean, I feel like every Lakers fan when he goes down, like. It's like, oh damn, like not this again. Like last night. I mean, obviously that was a hard fall. I mean, honestly, that was a hard fall. Any I I think my point that me and Freddie were trying to make was like if any average like if, if I was playing pickup and you're playing pickup and you fell like mm-hmm. that, you'll be grimacing like that. Like and I, yeah. but he, he he did have back pain, I think, back soreness. I think leading leading into game game one against the Warriors. So yeah. Um but no, he's playing phenomenal. Okay, so let, let's break this down. So, like, okay, if you were the well, one quick GM, thing, the the issue with AD falling like that is he's basically the only guy you have who's the rim protector that you trust. Well, I don't know where, and, where is where is Thomas Bryant at? Where's da- Damian Jones? I think I mean, he's hurt. I think Thomas Bryant's hurt right now. And he's and young. Jones, he's young too. And can he shoot yeah, Thomas Bryant? He's a stretch kind of right, in a way. Yeah, yeah. He he can shoot a little from the outside. You probably don't want him taking too many shots out there, but he can he can yeah. knock down he, a like, like shot. A, a Tucker, like a PJ Tucker, like set corner, a corner three center. No, nah, you don't you don't okay. want him out there. Like a spot up. He's he's probably like a more. He's probably he's probably like a more athletic. Oh man, I don't. I, he's an inch, he's interesting because you don't want he, him shooting threes in the corner too much. But he'll hit like the occasional three at the top. He's he's an energy guy, so he's one who'll block shots, he'll grab rebounds, he'll run the floor, and if you get it to him, he can finish around the rim. That's the kind of guy he is. He, he's a good energy guy off the bench. That's what he is. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how long he's out for. I mean, I I, I mean, I thought he would be playing, and then you got Damian Jones. I mean, but you're right, AD. Until he gets back, I mean, he's gonna be a bench player, Thomas Bryant, but because um, AD's there. But I mean, yeah, AD's like the actual true like rim protector that we have mm-hmm. um, right now. So if he goes down, we are we yeah. are finished. Yep. You take him off the court, that Lakers defense gets exposed. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so you said so. Let's break this down. So like, what? I mean, obviously, okay, so. Outside of LeBron and AD, um, mm-hmm. what players would you want on the Lakers, or what what would you want to have? What 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 could if you're a GM, mm-hmm. if you're in Polinka's shoes or Genie Bus's shoes, what players that are out there would you want? Could you see Lakers potentially getting um, down the line, um, and how can the Lakers fix this? All right, so one issue I, I don't right. think I don't think the Lakers have pieces a lot of teams want. And I don't know if the Lakers want to give up certain people that teams would want. I think 
Austin Reeves because he's young, he's a perimeter guy, and defensively he's okay. I think he's the guy who can get you probably what you need. Uh, unfortunately, if you know the Lakers didn't do the Westbrook deal, they probably could have gotten Heald and Miles Turner from Indiana. Miles Turner at least gives you another big to help AD and lessen his load. And Heald gives you a legit perimeter shooter that you would have needed. I don't know if you can get both of them now. Maybe you can package. Uh, oh, I'm assuming every trade is going to have to put Westbrook in it because that experiment's over. I just think the longer he stays in LA, the uglier that's going to get. So, I mean, this is the point where I'd probably have to play around with the ESPN trade machine, which I've spent a lot of time messing with that before. But something built around Westbrook, Reeves, only because I don't think none has done enough right now that you could get value for him. But if I had, if it was me, I'd rather trade none than Reeves because I think Reeves is somebody who you can at least live with. It's tough. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy who you could really get. I mean, I hated when they traded Brandon Ingram. He's the guy you guys should have kept. Once again, you could say that was LeBron's doing, but that got that turned ugly because Ingram was going on the road and hearing stuff from the crowd like LeBron doesn't like you. You're getting traded, so they had to move him. Caruso would work on this team, but you're not getting him back. I wonder, could you call the Kings and try to get De'Aaron Fox at Sacramento? Sacramento's a team going nowhere fast. I'm sure Fox wants out at some point. At least you get De'Aaron Fox, you get a dynamic point guard who if you move on from Westbrook, he fits. He fills in, and he's a guy who can get buckets. And he and Beverly in the backcourt look better than Westbrook and Beverly in your backcourt. Frontcourt-wise, I mean, I think you have to find a big somewhere, at least until Bryant comes back. I think Thomas Bryant was a good signing, only thing is, if AD were to go down, you don't want Thomas Bryant being your starting center for too many games. So, I mean, like the they, only they, way they back mm-hmm. themselves into a corner because you're not going to trade LeBron. LeBron's kind of stuck there, even though, you know, LeBron at 37, soon to be 38, isn't a guy who's going to night in, night out give you probably the points that you need to win consistently, but you got to keep him because he's the best player you have. If you could somehow get AD through 70, 70 games this season, fine. That's a good place to start, but this Westbrook thing needs to be taken care of now. So, and the fact that Palinka said he's waiting until like November, I think that's too late. Well, November, I think it's he like, said something. Uh, when can, can 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 teams make trades like like now and stuff like? 
yeah, that's something like, I don't understand what they're waiting for, but I okay, just don't I know this. what they can get. Well, all I can um, think of are teams that they could probably trade with. Maybe the only, the only, the only way the Lakers can do with any team is, um, like, like you said earlier, like the, the Lakers don't have the the the, the assets that, like player wise, that that teams yeah. want. The the only thing that teams want are the Lakers' unprotected uh, draft picks, twenty twenty seven and twenty twenty nine draft picks. And which five includes, years down the road, though, yeah, that's a problem. Which, which includes Russell Westbrook. So I mean, so would you say that if the Lakers can pull the trigger on possibly one of their unprotected picks and a and a Russell? Westbrook I don't get trade, why they're holding on to them anyway. LeBron's not going to be around then, and once LeBron leaves, you're basically rebuilding anyway. They backed themselves into the corner with this AD deal where they gave up way too much in players and picks for a guy who wasn't healthy in New Orleans and still hasn't been able to put together a full season in L.A. And that's the major problem. So now the question for you is, so like you say, like, okay, um, so, okay, say this this trade goes down. Um, The Mm -hmm. one unprotected with Russell Westbrook for Miles Turner and – Buddy Hill, where do you see this team like record-wise now? Because obviously this is a big, a big, big, um, you know, like upgrade. Because obviously you still have a healthy LeBron and somewhat healthy AD. And this is the year where if they want to win a championship, this is the year. Um, I mean, I would say I would say next year too, but this is the year where you know this is the better chance for them to get a championship um, if they make moves. So. If the Lakers, if Rob Polinka, I want to say it, but I can't pull his his head out of his rear end, um, can and pull this trade off. Where do you see this team? Um, I mean, and do you see this team, um, this current team? Do you see this? Cur- I guess the question, this the first question is, do you see this Laker current Laker team together in the future, like? In a couple, in a month or two, or do you see this team being blown up with the the trade with uh, Buddy Hield and Miles Turner or some some other some other player? If this is the current team by the end of the season, somebody dropped the ball. Well, I'm not saying about that. I'm, I'm saying about like maybe like November time, December before like. Oh, you know. okay, okay. Um, I mean, if if this if this team is still around by December. I wouldn't be mad. I mean, I feel like by the trade deadline, this team cannot be the same team it is right now. Pieces have to be gone by the trade deadline. And my only thing is what it will take for you to get Turner and Heald. Maybe that bumps you up a couple of spots, but another issue with this team is their bench. They don't really have anything on their bench right now. So getting Heald and Turner, who are starters, doesn't fix the bench. And they're not all going to play 48 minutes every night. So it's it almost seems like it's going to be like a couple-year process. Only problem is they don't have that time with LeBron because – 
like I say, turns 38 in December. Right. And we don't know. I mean, I know they show that father time commercial, like every commercial break when the Lakers are playing to the point where I'm sick of that commercial already. But, you know, at, at a certain point, he's going to break down. And we've kind of seen it the past few years. He doesn't play more than, what, like 65, 70 games now. And that's just basically, he has to preserve his body somehow. So I don't know what a fix is. I'm, I probably would have a better answer like next week because I could actually look around a certain team. But if I was just thinking of teams off the top of my head, I would look at Utah because you know they're looking to deal pieces around. Maybe you could get like a Laurie Markinen from them. Um, the Hornets have a bunch of young pieces, and I've been saying for years they need to start dealing off some of those guys. But maybe a PJ Washington like could a, you get him? Do do like a three? Could like a three team trade with picks work too? Like- I think they're gonna have to because they don't have enough pieces to get quality players, so they're gonna have to rope in. Like I said, a Utah who's ready to deal anytime, so they can rope them in and work in. Uh, you know, a Charlotte team or something like that. Like I said, maybe you find your way to getting PJ Washington, a uh, Lori Markinen. You want to rope in Indiana, you know, try to get, I don't think you could get healed or, and Turner, but maybe you could get one or the other. That's going to be, have to be the first move. And then from there, hope some of these young guys on the bench, maybe pan out. Lonnie Walker looked good. So that's one you have. Um, Outside of him, Matt Ryan, I mean, I saw him with the Celtics the past couple of years. There's a reason why the Celtics moved off of him because it kind of came out to him or Hauser, and Hauser's just a better player than Matt Ryan is right now. Um, Matt Ryan should be like 9 or 10 in your rotation. But the way that this team's constituted – they legitimately need him to be a contributor off the bench night in and night out. So it's a tough job for Palinka. He brought this on himself, of course. And, you know, LeBron trying to be GM brought a lot of these issues that they're running into now on himself. So it's going to be tough to get out of. I, I don't think there's like an easy fix. Just have to make some tough decisions. Like I said, by next week, I may have legitimate names for you and a possible deal, but for right now, I I just don't know. That's why I said it's going to be a rough season for the Lakers. And they're going to hate, hate seeing the Clippers do better than them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because Kawhi, I mean, he, he came on the bench and gave them what, like, like seven, it's like fourteen and seven, I think, mm-hmm. on the bench. I mean, that was his That's first a game, game the Lakers should have won. Should have, should have, won. Because um, Kawhi's on minutes restriction. Paul George wasn't. Uh, Paul George good. had good stretches, but he wasn't on. And that Clippers team, if they're on by midseason, they're gonna be. They would be dangerous for the Lakers to go up against because they can do things that the Lakers aren't ready to combat so 
like I said, that's a game they should have won only because Kawhi and Paul George were off. Reggie Jackson was off too, but they still somehow didn't win it. So that was tough. I mean, and I'll just say this last thing. Yes, I'm a Celtics fan, but I'm not one of those who, you know, like full heartedly, you know, wants the Lakers to be abysmal. There's a part of me that does want that, but you know, I can I can handle the Lakers being good. I can handle that. It's just that it's just not going to happen this year the way that they are. Look at the schedule. I mean, it's for the remainder of October. They play the Troubles. I mean, she'll be that's w- a team they should be. Yes, they should be. But I could I also mean, see they have go off. Go off. Yeah. Um, then they got the Nuggets, which they're playing the Warriors right now. Tough. Tough opponent. Then they had the Timberwolves. Then they had the Nuggets again. Tough. Um, Tough. Uh. Then November started November they played the Pelicans. Tough with Zion going off. Yep. But then again, I mean it's it's it's, it's I mean, I guess as people who are for us who want to be in the media, like sports media, like it would be too premature of us to like make these predictions because it's so early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's only like three, two games, three games in. I mean, hey, yeah. Lakers could turn it around. I mean, they with the roster they have, and then when they get a move, mm-hmm. they can help help that. So maybe we're just like jumping the gun, but like, but, but like, yeah, like you're right. Like Russell, he can't the way he's shooting right now. Um, the way this team is constructed right now, yeah, we shouldn't be winning these games. Um, but last night's game. We should have been in. I know the first game we had a run where it was our twenty to four run. I think, or maybe that was the Clippers game. But I know we had a run against the Warriors like in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know. I mean, like I mean, LeBron can't do it all himself. Like you say, he's about to be thirty eight. AD is you know what almost touching thirty, um, mm-hmm. or damn damn near at thirty um, already. So I mean. But yeah, I mean, maybe we're just overreacting. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll we can win a couple games here in the in the, clo- in the closing of of October, get some luck. Um, but I mean, imagine luck? if I mean, imagine if luck Lakers is something have- you're gonna need against. So the past couple of years, this is what I've noticed with the Lakers: teams with youth and athleticism give the Lakers trouble. Oh yeah, teams oh. that can shoot well, like the Warriors, Celtics, teams like that, they give them trouble. Where the Lakers gonna have to find their way is if a team is having an off night, like the Clippers were last night. Those are the games they have to win. They can't they let those go it, by yeah. because because the wins gonna be tough to come by. Warriors will be tough. The Grizzlies will be tough against because the Grizzlies have a lot of youth and athleticism. The Pelicans will be tough. And Timberwolves, well, Timberwolves will be interesting because they rely so much on Anthony Edwards. And I Colin think isn't, isn't he out Anthony Edwards for a couple games? I, I read something. I think I think Edwards is playing tonight. I'm pretty sure because I think I have him on one of my fantasy teams. I think I just got an alert like 20 minutes ago that he has like 30 points or something. Oh shit. But what's going to hurt the Lakers going against a team like the Timberwolves is Gobert and Towns around the rim 
that's going to hurt when you have Beverly, Westbrook, and those guys going around the rim. They're there to swat that away. And then you get Anthony Edwards out in the transition. The Lakers have nothing to go against that. So, it's good. like I said, it's going to be tough against certain teams, certain nights. Denver's going to give you a lot of trouble because of Jokic's creativity and Jamal Murray, his ability to make tough shots. But then past that, they're, the Lakers are going to somewhere slot in the 6 to probably 9 area. And that's like best case scenario. That that means probably – well, I mean, you'll probably get a better handle on what the Lakers are by Christmas. That's where yeah. you kind of really can judge a lot of these NBA teams. But for right now, it's going to be rough early. Laker fans might – might see some games where Laker fans boo – but they just got to move past it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to get into the debate, and then we'll close it out for tonight. So the barber, the barbershop talk, mm-hmm. LeBron versus Jordan. Which is the wrong debate we should be having, but, yeah, that's, that's where we are uh, these times. So, yeah. So I guess he would say that OG versus the modern day uh, in LeBron. OG would mean Jordan. Um, I feel like – I'm trying to keep my bias out of here, but, but I feel like mm-hmm. LeBron – yes, even though with Jordan's like accolades and awards, mm-hmm. Jordan – Jordan couldn't couldn't defend like every position like LeBron does. LeBron can play the one, the two, the three, the four, the five at a high level. Theoretically, um, he can. I don't know if he actually can. Now, and Jordan, once you're, once you're done, I'll, yeah. I'll give you my points on LeBron yeah. why that. But yeah, um, and. I just feel like if you break it down, yes, the team that Jordan had with Pippen and mm-hmm. Kerr and Rodman, um, like obviously Jordan couldn't do it all because he needed Pippen. Uh, he came in, um, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously there was different rules, different times. Uh, teams were, you know, not stacked, but they, you know, you had the, the Stocktons, the the Malones, the um, the Magic Johnsons. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like, because uh, I'll do my research on this one site um, called the Sporting News and was going the the the, the, the debate, LeBron Jordan mm-hmm. debate. Um, so in terms of in terms of longevity, um, Jordan had so Jordan had thirty point one points per game. LeBron twenty seven point one. Jordan had less rebounds. Uh, LeBron had, six, had seven and a half rebounds. Uh, Jordan had six point two. Uh, LeBron mm-hmm. is better in the assist department. Uh, steals. Uh, well, Jordan is two point three steals. Uh, I'm not sure if this was like overall or just like per per season. I, 
Um, yeah, I think that's their career average because I think Jordan career. was around two and a half steals a game for his career. Like 2.3. Yeah, that's 2.3, yeah. I think, for steals. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I mean, LeBron has four rings and Jordan has six rings. I think Jordan, Jordan has, what, like six MVPs or four? I know LeBron's four out of six. He had four MVPs at Jordan six, wow. I think. Yeah, so NBA Finals MVPs. Yeah, Jordan has won the MVP for each ring that he won. Yeah. Well, I'm saying I think for the season though, like how many MVPs that Jordan has for like the season? Uh, he has less than he probably should, because you know we know what the MVP. Some years it goes to the guy that you don't necessarily think should get it, but the media is just kind of throwing them a bone for whatever reason. Um, so that that's kind of a number that, you know, it's, I mean, it's up in the air because there was a year where like Barkley won MVP when most people thought Jordan should have won it. And then Jordan like took it out against them when they faced in the finals. So um, yeah, I, like I said, it's the wrong debate we should be having. Because it's almost like for LeBron fans, in comparing LeBron to Jordan, you kind of take away certain aspects of LeBron's game to pigeonhole him to try to make him better than than Jordan. Whereas I've always said, if you wanted to compare LeBron to anybody, it should be Magic Johnson. But... Somewhere along the line, a lot of these like LeBron fans that are on YouTube who I guess the backtrack. That's been my biggest issue with the whole LeBron Jordan debate. You have like a lot of these people who are on YouTube with channels that act like LeBron started basketball and nobody outside of him plays it well. And that's where I think the debate got so twisted into like this heated debate that it is now because the amount of guys I've seen who say, you know, they discount Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain because, oh, they played back in black and white days or something. That's not real NBA. But it's like you can't really judge them for when they were born. You know, if Bill Russell could have played today, sure, he'd play, but he wasn't available and yes the scoring title which I think was probably the lead to this from last week LeBron getting the scoring title does not mean he's the GOAT and the reason is him getting the scoring title is an achievement to LeBron's dedication to his body that's what that means he's been able to play as long as he has and score at a level that was good enough to get him to that point. But that does not mean he's the greatest of all time. And because I say that, you know, if I say that, you know, on YouTube, people automatically jump and say, I'm a hater for saying that. When in fact, I'm giving LeBron credit for the way that he plays, he plays a physical style. 
getting to the rim and, you know, finishing at the rim. That's not a style that necessarily lends itself to playing 20, 22 years in the league. And we've heard the stories. He spent like a million dollars on his body, which unfortunately, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, even Jordan, guys like that, they didn't do that with their body. Jordan, we know, was a heavy smoker, loved to drink, and he was still effective on the court. For me, the way I break down the argument is I say Jordan is the better scorer than LeBron. Jordan's a better defender for I mean, yes, Jordan was what, six six five? Maybe around like six, 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 five. Yeah. LeBron, six nine. Some people argue he might be even a little taller than that. So when it comes to rebounds and all that kind of stuff, he should have more. And the argument like you're down one, you need a basket, who's the guy you give the ball to? I'd give it to Jordan every day of the week. Now, if I'm if I'm starting, well, I mean, if I'm starting a team, I take Jordan first because with Jordan, I know you're gonna get like psycho level athlete. Jordan's the type who, if he goes to a city and there's one sports writer that says one bad thing about him. He's going to take it out on the whole city. He will embarrass you and have fun with it. Jordan, I mean, LeBron, only because LeBron, like, naturally seems like a really good guy. He might be a little corny with some things that he does, but I feel like he's legitimately just, by demeanor, he's a nice person. People will tell you, Jordan could be a jerk. Jordan wasn't winning humanitarian awards, okay? But the game of basketball, you would live with it because he was crazy talented. And then I guess the last argument I'll say, a lot of the LeBron people will say that Jordan played with all these great players that LeBron hasn't gotten a chance to play with. And it's like... Jordan got to the Bulls. The Bulls team, when he first got there, was horrendous. Like Most people couldn't name a guy on that team when Jordan first got there. So because of that, of course he was losing to those Celtics teams that had like the greatest front court in NBA history. He lost to the bad boy Pistons because for that small stretch with the Pistons, one of the greatest teams that was put together was those Pistons teams. And they beat up Jordan because he was a skinny guy coming in. Right. So what did he do? He bulked up and then became the guy that we knew once he got Pippen by his side. But we can't act like LeBron LeBron won with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, probably two top ten players in the league at that time. So there weren't slouches. He won in Miami with – I mean, he won in Cleveland when they had – Kyrie, Kevin Love, two top ten guys in the league at the time. But they were down three. But they were down three one, and people had them written off as yes. worth winning. And LeBron had that game winning block. But Kyrie had that game winning shot. Thank you. 
So that's <laughs> part of you know what I'm saying. That's that's yeah. the part of LeBron's game that I think he falls short. Moments like that when Kyrie took that shot. So you you being a LeBron guy, I'm just gonna ask you this. Yeah. Do you think LeBron takes that shot that Kyrie took in that game? Well, the way that Kyrie got open because he he had a better obviously the better ball handler than LeBron. Like he's more quicker <laughs> with the with the dribble moves. I mean, LeBron hit a didn't he hit a didn't he didn't he hit like a, a similar shot against the Warriors when he was in Miami? Like it was like a deep deep three um, when he wore number six. I don't think it was. I, it, it maybe was. I can't was. remember. It, it, it might have been. If he did I think that. it was in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, this had more volume. The Kyrie shot, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, if LeBron would have made that shot, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, take the shot. Would he okay. taken that shot? I feel like if he if he would have had the ball in his hands, yeah, he, he would have. Yeah. Um, now making it, yeah, I mean, possibly, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on who's guarding him at the time, if it was a, if it was a Curry, probably he would have. I mean, that's an easy shot. It's over what LeBron like six eight, six nine over a six three guard. Right. So depending on who who was guarding him, um, but see, I don't think he takes a shot. So so I don't. So, I I don't think it's in him to do that. I mean, he's had, he's mind. Had, I mean, he's had game-winning shots, though, like, you know, in the playoffs. Like, True. One yes. against the Chicago Bulls, I uh, think, in the corner, hit a corner three, hit a game-winner. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple – I think he did hit a game-winner. Um, I think it was against the Warriors when he was, he was in Miami. I think I got to look, look that up. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the only edge I'll give Jordan over LeBron is because Jordan – and even Kobe. Kobe and Jordan had that, that game-winning – Kobe le- le- legitimately copied Jordan. And yeah. Kobe told people that. So you, he so modeled would you put, his whole so would you put, after him. So when you rank players, would you put Kobe with Jordan number one, a Jordan model? Or, I, so, like, I guess my question, would you put, like, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe? Would you put Kobe and Jordan in the same, you know, one tier? I think because, that's a better, I mean, com- it's a better comparison of Kobe to Jordan because they acted the same way on the court. That's why I said LeBron, you'd have to push over to Magic Johnson. Only thing is, that grouping is probably going to be much smaller because Magic Johnson, LeBron, I don't even know another guy you'd put into that category with them. Kobe, only because he was that guy where the game's on the line, you knew he was taking the ball out. He was taking the shot. He didn't care. You could put anybody on him. You could run whatever offense you want. He's taking the shot. I, I don't think LeBron's wired that way. And that's not knock against him. It's just that LeBron has more of a, I guess, playmaking mentality. So that Kyrie shot, LeBron can understand Kyrie would probably be better at that shot than I am. So why force him to pass through the ball to put us in a situation where it's less of a chance of me making it than him. So, so, I mean, I, I think it's probably a stupid question, but like, I mean, in, in that game when LeBron made mm-hmm. that game-winning block against basically the game-winning block against Iguodala, 
I mean, what speaks more volume, that shot or that block? Because if he wouldn't have had that block, Iguodala would have made that bucket and the words would have probably been like, what, three or five points? So it would have been even harder for them. I think they would have been up by three at that point. I think Kyrie took that shot. They were down one and he took the three. I think so. So what what moment would would be more like valuable? That block or that shot? I think they're both have they both have high magnitude because obviously yes. Kyrie kind of filled the game with that three pointer, but LeBron mm-hmm. filled that game with the block too. Yeah, and the block, yeah. and, and, and known for and, and Brian's known for the chase down block, but of that magnitude, that was that was a. I mean, when I saw that live, I thought that was going to be a major layup. Mm-hmm. And I saw LeBron come out of nowhere. Think yeah. his. I, See, that's why I, I have LeBron over Jordan because Jordan, I mean, Jordan, obviously they're both like super freaks when it comes to athleticism, but Jordan, LeBron, I mean, I mean, let's ask this question. Would Jordan make that block in that game? He has. He has made that block. That's the thing. He's made chase down blocks like that. Um, my thing, the difference between the two of them is Jordan is a better on ball defender than LeBron is. LeBron is I would say LeBron as a help defender is really good. He's gotten worse at it as he's gotten older. But I mean that's age, you know. But at his height, LeBron was a really good off ball defender, weak side defender. He was decent on the ball. Jordan was legitimately locked down. No matter who he would, whatever team they went up against, whoever was the number one option, Jordan took them away. The one moment that sticks in my mind was I think that same series. No, I think the one before against the Warriors when KD went off for like 50. Late in that game, I wanted to see LeBron take the challenge of guarding him and slowing him down, and he never did it. And KD was coming down. I don't know who they put on him. He was coming down, hitting three after three. And then finally, I think LeBron went and tried to guard him. And Katie hit a three in his face. And then that was like the end of it. And that was a moment where I thought LeBron lost some points in my mind. But, I mean, the crazy thing is, you know, people like me who say Jordan's the GOAT will all put LeBron like, I don't know, three all time or something. And some for some reason LeBron fans get offended by that. Which I don't understand. And then you have LeBron fans who say Jordan's I mean LeBron's the GOAT and they'll treat Jordan like he's just some random guy in NBA history. Oh, he played against, you know, scrubs and all this kind of stuff. And it's like he didn't though. He beat Carmelo and John Stockton in the finals. Yeah. One of the greatest duos ever in NBA history. He beat a really talented Phoenix Suns team when they had Barkley, Kevin Johnson, and Marley. That was a legit, that was actually a team I rooted for because I love that Phoenix Suns team. I'm not even a Suns fan. He beat a Seattle Supersonics team, which in that era 
was outside of the Celtics my favorite team because they had Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, mainly because of the NBA Jam. That was my team, the Sonics. So I loved watching them play. Jordan destroyed them. And even when I say Jordan destroyed them, I understand, you know, Pippen, Horace Grant, those guys factored into it, but Jordan was the guy. Um, I'll try to think close to the beat. Even in the East, when he was, you know, going on his run, he beat uh, Patrick Ewing's Knicks, Reggie Miller's Pacers, which were two really good teams. Um, I think eventually he beat the bad boy Pistons. But, I mean, they were a little bit older. Um at that point, I think the big three Celtics are kind of uh, sp- uh, split up by that point. But he went through a lot of teams getting there. What hurts LeBron to my in my case, he dominated the East when the East was going through a real rough time. And if I ask any LeBron fan, I'd say, like, who was the biggest rivals in the East during LeBron's run? You he didn't really have one. Certain years, like certain teams popped like up. The Celtics, like with like Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Garnett. Right, that was his biggest that was rival. Biggest but that rival. was towards the end of it, and that was towards the end of their short run as well. Because well, didn't the they have like, like with the Pistons and like Chauncey Billings and like Ben Wallace and all and Richard, uh, Richard Hamilton? That, that was, was like early, yeah. Tishon like Prince. Yeah. That was earlier in LeBron's career. And then that group only lasted a couple of years. That's what I'm saying. What hurts LeBron is he didn't have that, that a talent, team that, that was talent. there for like years, years, years that he went up against. Right. So, and that's that's not his fault. He can't help that. But I only said it because I just hate when LeBron people use that as a reason he's the goat. Oh, he made these straight finals. It's like, well, the competition. So this is a conversation we can have like pretty much every week on here. But, oh, for sure. But uh, I mean, I think that was probably in the conversation. But yeah, that like like definitely we can have them more talk. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. So I, I guess this, this will do it for tonight's episode. Uh, a great debate. I mean, I thought I thought I thought it was gonna be much more heated because I I mean I, I'm a LeBron fan, you're a Jordan mm-hmm. guy, so I, mean, I thought it was gonna be more 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 heated, but it was nice and calm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because no, because you're because you're a sensible LeBron fan. I'm telling you, there are some LeBron fans I've had this conversation with, and it will get heated only because they don't want to budge in any way or anything yeah. like that. So, yeah, I'm sure if I had this conversation with Freddie, it probably would have. I mean, gone you know, at one point I was that way, but then when I saw, I saw like the last dance and like what Jordan went through, like. It's only like a snippet of what he went through. Like, mm-hmm. like this dude played, you know, Isaiah Thomas, and you know, but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely put LeBron up there, maybe number two, maybe. May, I guess we'll we forgot the topic. If LeBron does pass Kareem, I guess does he become the goat? Because like, I don't see anyone passing LeBron in the scoring points anytime soon. Um, but I guess we can save, save that topic for another. And then next week, but yeah. um, but this will definitely this will end tonight's show. Um, for tonight, I'm Jordan Jalawi. Uh, I got my book Kyle Edwards. And um, any final thoughts before we uh 
go, man. Uh, I guess all I'll say is, you know, join us Tuesday on Spotlight Sports Network for Big Three. Another great show over there. Great talk. Um, I do pre-gaming pigskin Thursday night over on Spotlight with Gene. Really good show. Uh, we actually had probably the show we had last night was probably one of the best ones that we've had. So definitely check that one out. And I mean, I have my podcast, you know, chomping at the bit. You can check that out on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. But like yeah, another good bit. one. Is that, is that more like football based podcasts or like anything? Sports? I literally talk whatever comes to my mind at a certain day. It's mainly, I, I would say like 75% is probably NBA, NFL, but I'll talk soccer when it's big so like world cup comes around there'll be a lot of world cup you know episodes i'll do but yeah i just kind of talk whatever um yeah, yeah definitely that's, that's checking me out ch- chomping at the bit you said mm-hmm. um i'm yeah. about to check ch- is that on apple podcast too apple podcast yeah it's okay it's all over yeah let me see if i can uh, look that up real quick um yeah i mean you can follow the jj sports talk show on um on uh, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, um, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, the, the live stream is on uh, YouTube, on my YouTube channel and on Facebook. Um, but if you follow me on Instagram at JJL underscore XO or my podcast page, JJL Sports Talk, um, the link is in the bio. I have my link tree to like all the streams. So like, um, if you don't have a phone, you have no excuse but to follow me and I mean, support <laughs> like really, like all the links are down there. I have my actually, I, I, I write sometimes, so I have my sports blog, so I have all the my sports blog page, my um, all, all my streaming um apps on that link tree. So that's only one click. <laughs> I'm starting the TikTok page for like my, my Insta or for my podcast too. I know TikTok has the the crazy algorithm, so I'm trying to you know work with that. Uh, so. I'm I'm trying to get into that as well, and yeah, TikTok is a is a whole beast to deal with. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, so I mean, like like Kyle said, we're definitely on Big Three Podcast on Tuesday. On what, really good show. Is it the Spotlight or Sports Empire Network still? And uh, would it be Spotlight? At this point, I, I just say Spotlight Sports Network because. I mean, that's where I've been posting the shows since they made that announcement. So that's yeah. what I'm sticking with. And then, yep. And then me and Dylan, um, the, our other co-host on our pick three, we're going to, me and him are going to be having a, uh, a like UFC boxing show coming up on spotlight. Um, just previewing like, you know, UFC 280 that's typing in tomorrow and other boxing matches. Um, yeah. kind of going over like the top fighters. Interesting, but definitely, um, the JJ sports talk show is everywhere. Like I said, so make sure y'all follow, like, like, and subscribe. Um, give me some reviews, some, some critiques, what, what I, I didn't do wrong or right. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there, man. But, um, all right, Kyle, yeah, I'll see you next week, man. Yep. And we'll be in the group chat, so, you know. <laughs>